Hello, everybody. Welcome to Frame Trap. On this episode, I've got a Topo Chico drinking Michael Huber. Yo! And a Pure Leaf drinking Bradley Ellis. Hi. Uh, I've got a, what is this? A Pipeline Punch the, Monster Juice? The Hang 10 on the can cracks me up, dude. I thought this was a Monster Zero. No, uh, but it's nope, color. <laughs> nope. I'm going to be drinking 46 grams of sugar. Oh, shit. Let's go. Uh, and then, you know, a little water. Yeah. A little crystal. Well, crystal there's your balance. Water. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> to balance it out. Um, it's a bit of drinks. Uh, I was thinking about coffee this mm, morning. Yes. A, a, a favorite, well, not really a favorite topic, I guess, but a favorite thing of ours. I drink coffee every day. I know you guys pretty much. Yeah, we like coffee. Drink all coffee every day. day. Uh, we got the fall season rolling in. You've got your pumpkin spice, no, all that no, good no. stuff. You hate don't, that stuff? I don't no, do that. No. I like it. I'm very no. boring with coffee. No. Yeah, I usually am too. And I'm just I'm like black. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I would say like 90% of the time I drink coffee black, but I, I like. Yeah, I like there's the nothing wrong spice. with that. Yeah, nothing wrong. I, when during the fall season, so the pumpkin spice, I will throw in a mocha, like a hot mocha, yeah. just a little chocolate. But. You like what you like. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, I guess that kind of answers the the opening question. Is like, do you have a specific? type of coffee that you're into like or a way that you like it or like a place that you get it from that um, does it extra good so i love like cold brew mm-hmm. or the nitro cold brew yeah those are my two favorite yeah i don't i don't do them very often um but i i like cold coffee as like a treat every once in a while i used to it feels just be like hot coffee only black hot like yeah fuck all that other shit mm. but i'm like yeah, yeah. Well, I, I like it cold I love a hot coffee. The only thing that drives me nuts about a hot coffee is like you pour a tall glass of coffee, and like you gotta wait for it to cool a little bit. You gotta yeah, wait. Yeah, you gotta and wait. And it's like it's it's almost like a game in and of itself. It is. And because you don't you want to like just kind of nicely sip coffee. It's kind of like relaxing. It's part yeah. of your your you know mm-hmm. process whenever you're consuming it. But you have also a limited window before it gets cold and gross, and so you like yeah. you really gotta time it out got perfectly, it. and yeah. that can be a challenge. So that's kind of what's nice yeah. about cold coffee is it doesn't reach the highs mm-hmm. I think of hot coffee. I agree, but that consistency. I think a hot coffee, and the hottest coffee I've ever had in my life, just mm. the hottest piping hot coffee I've ever had. That was so intense. It was at a a subway station in New York City at oh, wow. Dunkin' Donuts, and it was the <laughs> Like molten, <laughs> insane hot, like suing. It's oh, funny. Burn my taste buds right off. Man, I am like, not by any means like a coffee snob, nor do I want to be. Same. But it's funny because like I'll just roast Folgers at home, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I like a medium dark. The wife prefers medium, not mm-hmm. quite, not quite as heavy, which I can understand. But it's amazing. Like you go to a lot of places. And you're like, how do you fuck up basic coffee? Like, I feel like I don't have high expectations. I yeah. really don't. I'm not demanding I could just take a very basic cup of coffee. But you will get a basic cup of coffee at places, and it's like, you clearly don't know, like, how to make this. Yeah. Like, I'm an addict, so, like, I have my French press every morning. Ooh, that's good. And I and I do my whole thing every morning, so I appreciate, like, the best possible coffee. Mm-hmm. But I will also kill someone for, like, a car dealership cup of coffee or yeah. like gas station. Like I don't yeah. care at all. If you give me coffee, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's definitely points yeah. of desperation yeah. Where, yeah. where it kind of, I'm always in that the, mood. Yeah. I'm yeah. Always desperate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and to be fair, you know, the other side of the coin of the thing that I was talking about, like sometimes you get really good coffee from unexpected places. As yeah. Well. yeah. It, just, it just hits the spot. But yeah, man. Even within up. two. Even within two. Coffee yeah. Pot, yeah. Highlight. 
<laughs> Not enough coffee in games. Yeah. yeah. Does Alan Wake have coffee? Or like the you like, I think you the like collect them. Okay. Yeah. Thermoses, they're, okay. They're the collectible. Um, Deadly Premonition, shout out. Coffee. Sick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sick. Yep, yep, yep. Um, guys, boys, fellas. Yo. Uh, I feel like a, like a giddy little schoolgirl right now because uh, we're going to talk about Metroid Dread. I just finished Metroid Dread mm-hmm. this very smor- morning, and um, when it got announced at uh, E3, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, sick, a new Metroid. I love this series. It means so much to me. I can't mm-hmm. wait to play this game. And then I, I, the, the more I watched it, I was like, there's something, I don't know, there's something off about the look. There's something off about, I just, I just had this like hesitation, I guess is a way to describe it. I was like, I, I, I just had what came, what bubbled up into my consciousness was like, this is going to be an 8 out of 10 game. Mm-hmm. There were multiple points playing through Metroid Dread, which I feel like I devoured, like yeah. a rabid dog. Hell yeah. Where I, like, stopped playing, and I, I, I like, I was stunned. Like, somebody had threw a flashbang grenade at me, <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> Frag out, yeah. I, I cannot believe how good this is. I can't believe it. Yeah. Like, this might be... And we're in the honeymoon phase still, mm-hmm. but um, this might be my favorite Metroid. Sick. I yeah, can see that. Like, even topping Super. Now um, I just see you playing Metroid, and I see a flashbang yeah, coming in through the that's window. What it, <laughs> dude, that's what it felt like. And I, it, it, I'm so kind of giddy about it and, and gushing that I think it's it's kind of hard to, like, sit down and organize my thoughts in any way where I just want to scream, like, it's great, it's great, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um but to kind of take it from the top, and Brad, I know you've been playing it. Yeah. I don't know how far you're. I'm pretty you far. Okay, okay. I've not beat it yet, but I'm pretty far. Okay, and Hebrew, have you touched it at all? I've not even touched it. Holy shit, dude! Just fucking throw everything else in the trash. This is like, <laughs> it. It is the kind of game where, when you get it, you are just so thankful for it. Yeah. It is like, mm-hmm. I I cannot believe it. Um, but to take it from the top, to try to like calm down and organize my thoughts, uh, control. Is, is the thing that I think uh, doesn't maybe necessarily come across in the pre-release videos. And to be fair, after E3, I didn't really want to see any more, so I shied away from uh, what they showed. Mm-hmm. But this game is so finely tuned, so smooth as butter, and actually uses that in a really interesting way. Because I, I think sometimes there are games that control really well, yeah. but the mechanics of the game don't really force you to utilize the depth of those controls. Dread does. Mm-hmm. Dread is kind of like this masterclass in game design where even just like I, I I think about where I started the game and and where I finished and how quickly I could kind of get through areas and you just you feel so good, right? You're like sliding underneath a thing, jumping up, aiming and blasting at something on the wall, something flashes, you counter it. It's like it's it's just like the game asks you to make these like microsecond decisions and is so smooth and tight mm-hmm. and everything just feels like it is mapped exactly where it should be um, that you can do those things, but you don't just kind of do them instantly. Like it really takes you a while to kind of get comfortable with each thing, but in a way that feels very, very, very rewarding. And I think a kind of the perfect example of what I'm talking about is I love boss fights. I love boss fights. I don't think a lot of games have very good boss fights. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of games just kind of have boss fights as sort of 
they serve as a spectacle or as like a point in the story or just kind of like a, a roadblock, but they're not very interesting to get through. Metroid Dread has utterly brilliant boss fights. They are so, so, so good. And everything that I was kind of talking about with the controls come across in the boss fights where they're challenging and they'll push you. And the first time you kind of die at one of the bosses, you'll be like, damn, I don't know if I'm going to get through this. Like, you kind of have that self-doubt. Love that. But then you keep going. And this Love is, it. This is all in the span of, like, maybe 10 or 15 minutes, right? So yeah. this happens pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But you... Do the boss fight again, and you're like, oh, wait, I can do that. I can counter here. I can use this weapon here. And you ca- it, 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 like, communicates just enough for you to have sort of this light bulb moment. And then you get into this flow where the boss can't touch you, and you're countering everything, and you're melting it. Mm-hmm. And you just you go from kind of this, this total intimidation to playing like a god in what feels like a natural way that is so satisfying so nice. to get through. It is, it is honestly um, incredible. And I, I really beg of anyone, especially I think if you have any history with Metroid, to not look anything up. I saw it today on Kotaku. They spoiled something that I was like, damn, if I had seen this before I finished the game, I would have been really pissed. It's not like yeah. that big of a deal, but if you know annoying. what it is, it's, it's, still, it's still yeah, it's still annoying. I saw um, on Twitter some things about like a boss like doing or not doing something. It's just like, why am I even on this website? Right, right. Like why? Like Twitter is just spoilers and complaints. Yeah. Why am I there? So it's just like we can talk about games without like showing the coolest shit. Right. That's that's exactly what I'm trying to do. That's yeah. like I want I want people to play this, but I don't want to ruin any of the magic that is there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and if all you need to hear is that this game is incredible, feel free to use the timestamps and skip ahead. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's funny because the only reason I went to Kotaku is because I wanted to see if there were any stories that I missed. Yeah. To, to potentially bring up on Frame Trap, but it wasn't worth it. Um, or it just made me mad. I guess you should say. Anyway, yeah. uh, to kind of focus to to move away from the combat i guess kind of the last thing that i want to say is when you're designing a metroid game uh progression is such an important aspect where you want the clip at which you're acquiring new abilities to be fresh enough Mm -hmm. um that it kind of keeps things interesting and expands your possibilities for exploration but when you get an upgrade you also want it to feel meaningful and this game does such an incredible job with its design where there would be moments like there was particularly one upgrade and I was like I know it's coming I know it's coming and it just like withheld it from me withheld it from me withheld it from me and then when I finally got it I was like oh thank god Mm -hmm. you know and the progression that you kind of go through as Samus this is classic Metroid don't get me wrong I'm not trying to pretend that Dread is the first time that this has happened but it's the the deafness of the execution where the sense of power that you get from the beginning when you don't have any upgrades to the very end when you have all the upgrades is astounding. I mean, you get to a point where you can just kind of fly through the areas mm-hmm. and it feels so liberating, but the pacing is so good that you really feel like you had to work to get here. And so kind of when you reach that power moment, that awesome moment, uh, you feel great. It feels so rewarding and you feel so satisfied. I actually got into a... Online, I got into a conversation about this with somebody because uh, I, I complained about Deathloop and the AI and, and how powerful it felt. It felt like I was like the, the, the progression wasn't good. Like I, I, the game was kind of like 
over in a way before mm-hmm. it was actually over. And they were like, you know, I, I really like feeling powerful at the end of the game. It's going to be a very satisfying feeling. And I agree. Yeah. But it all comes down to how that is given to the player yeah. and what that progression actually means. Um, and I think the the point, the criticism that I was trying to make about Deathloop, I'm seeing it perfectly in Metroid Dread. Like, it's just yeah. nailed so incredibly well. Um, and the exploration is really satisfying. Um, that's what I was going to ask just about like exploring each zone. Like, are you so compelled to like a hundred percent each zone before you move on? Or like, do you get an item and immediately want to go back? Like, how is that? Do you feel like you need to fully consume an entire zone? Right. Uh, it's a very good question. So, um, something I would say about Metro Z that was interesting in kind of the, the first half I would say of me playing it is, um, I didn't really realize how the exploration was designed in such a way, and I'll, I'll try to elaborate that to make it a little bit more clear. But I didn't know if it was like, okay, I got this new ability. Uh, there's an uh, elevator that takes me to this other area. Do I need to go to this other area, or do I need to hang around here mm-hmm. and explore more? Is there a door I missed? And so there were definitely points where I got super stuck and super lost. Mm. Uh, but then I, uh, there was a friend I was talking to, and he pointed out... He said something that was just so insightful and so true about the game is that it, without telling you, without getting in your face and being like, this is what's happening or like, you know, necessarily putting a marker on your map. There are times where that happens, but by and large, what it does is it sort of naturally funnels you into the area that you need to be. It does, yeah. Yeah. I definitely ran to the point where I was like, I want to go back to this area and kind of explore everything. And sometimes, right. you, well, often you can't. Mm. Sometimes you're locked out. There's a door down there. The game, like, kind of lets you know eventually. Like, you've, I eventually caught on, like, what the game was trying to get me to do as right. I explore, how to Got explore it. it, I guess. Right. And kind of once you see it... Um, you kind of naturally figure out, like, oh, it wants me to be here. There's something here that mm-hmm. I'm missing. Let me uncover that, and then nice. you uncover it. Or, like, oh, the, it, it put this elevator here to transport me to another place for a reason. It wants me to go to that other place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it still ends up being, A, really, really, really satisfying because it has the restraint to not scream at you and treat you like a child Yeah, where you just kind of... Like it's sort of like you just kind of naturally let it guide you, and then when you do kind of figure it out, you feel so satisfied without it being so obtuse that, like, you get mad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I would say is, despite the fact that I think it does do a very good job of naturally guiding you along, it is open-ended enough to not feel linear. Um, yep. When you get a new upgrade, there are a lot of times where you're like, actually, there's a door here or like, there's a thing that uses this new power. Let me go and see if I can get a missile tank or part of an energy tank or a full energy tank or whatever it is, right? Um, and there were so many times where you just kind of naturally go off the beaten path and explore and try to get as far as you can. Um, and that is really, 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 really cool. Love that. Um, and it's made even better by the balance of those secret items. And so the way that the progression kind of works is as again it's just it's just fucking perfect because there are a lot of times you'll just sort of like stumble on a missile tank and it's like oh that wasn't that hard to get. I just had to shoot a rocket at that thing climb up there I'll get the missile tank or part of the energy tank or whatever. That definitely happens and so it's kind of like this buffer because the game is challenging. Hmm. You feel like 
you kind of naturally get the amount of health and the amount of missiles that you need to properly be prepared for the fights ahead. But some of the secrets are just so cool and satisfying and they kind of like make you sequence, Mm -hmm. especially later on, they sort of make you sequence your different power-ups in a way that maybe you hadn't thought of before where you're like, it doesn't seem like I can do that, but then you kind of keep trying things and you have to get the timing right. And it's just, it's, it's harder uh, than a lot of the stuff that you would do in the main campaign, mm-hmm. but it's really rewarding to figure out, and it is totally optional. And so it kind of just beautifully falls into this yeah. space where it's supposed to be. That's the best. Like the yeah. be- all the best Metroidvanias do that. Yes. Where the optional stuff is like way harder, but like so worth it. I think of Guacamelee Two. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, playing this game after recently playing. Castlevania Circle of the Moon has been very interesting. Mm. I've also been playing more Circle of the Moon. uh, The Metroidvania design Mm -hmm. aspect and how immediately, it's funny you bring up controls because when I booted up the game at first, I was like, oh no, it's analog only. I don't like playing Metroidvanias with an analog stick. But it's so good. Yes. I'm happy it's like that. It makes so much sense when you actually start playing the game. Like, yeah. I could never play the D-pad now. It's just too good. <laughs> it's so funny that you bring that up because that was my initial response too, is the first thing I tried to do when I got mm-hmm. control of Samus is I wanted to move the D-pad and you couldn't. And But I didn't even remember that I had that experience. I'd completely forgotten because yep. the analog controls are so good and so purposeful in why they use them. Yeah. It's like so interesting how much you bounce around in this game yeah. into different environments. Like when I think of Castlevania, like I'm slowly methodically moving my way through this castle. It's a much slower, like Metroid right. Super fast through this game, like you right. get through areas so f- like I look oh, at the yeah. map, I'm like, oh man, it's so far away, but you just go like yeah. at a point. It it's so crazy and just exploring it, like it's almost like a weird evolution to me on how Metroidvania's you explore and how it's yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Just this like idea of me going here and thinking something like, oh, I'm gonna finish off this area, kind of thing like that. It's like. Right. No, you don't really do that. Right. Like you always return to like super old areas. There's yeah. always something there, and like the level changes in some weird way. I didn't even think about. I'm yeah. like, oh, this completely changes this whole environment. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting because um, there was I was talking to somebody who had never played a Metroid before, and in a way, I was kind of like, for as much as I utterly love this game. I would be just maybe a smidge hesitant to recommend it as their very first mm-hmm. Metroid for a couple of reasons. Yep. One, I think it's pretty challenging. Um, and two, the when I was talking about that feeling before of not really being in tune of how the game was guiding you and not not really aware yet and not having learned mm-hmm. like what it kind of expects for the player and how the flow is, the map is pretty overwhelming. It is. Mm-hmm. Um you open it and it's just, it covers, like, even, a, so it's split up into yeah. multiple areas, but yeah. even one area that you're in can just be so awash in icons and colors and things that there are definitely moments where, like, I'd be like, okay, let me see if there's, like, a door over here. And then I would, like, scroll and be like, wait, where was, where am I at? And it's just, it's a lot. And you do learn it and you mm-hmm. do get comfortable with it. But I can imagine kind of maybe that. Uh, process, like kind of just digesting that information, being a little bit more intense if you're not familiar with this type of game. It's funny comparing it to Circle of the Moon, where it's like it's so easy, like it just these giant blocks. Yeah, it's like, yeah. This it's is so where I go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder about that for a first time Metroid because playing this, like you and me, we've obviously played Metroid. We yeah. know some things about Metroid. What right. to do? Like you know, 
there might be a dead end for someone. They're like, I don't know what to do. And right. it's like, well, we're like, well, let's shoot the wall. Let's put a bomb there. I wonder right. how well a new player would adapt to it. Because it is yeah. definitely one of the hardest Metroids, too. Yeah. Like, this game will kick your ass if you're not careful. Yes. But I love that. Yes, it exactly. Makes you, exactly. I wouldn't have it any other way. It's the fact that it's like, it's hard. I, I feel cool because I beat it kind of thing. Right. It's just so rewarding and the gameplay is so good. Right. You feel like you could... You can overcome each situation if you just think about it. The the way in which it is hard is the best type of hard where it 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 I hate this phrase because it's so hackneyed and overused, but it is it is a hard but fair, right? It's like I wouldn't be able to have that process of learning mm-hmm. yeah. during a boss fight if the <clears throat> boss wasn't clearly having tells or yeah. spaces for attack or giving signals. It it's makes like, you appreciate it so much exactly. more. It gives, you, it gives you everything you need to overcome yeah. it. It's just the process of overcoming it takes some effort. Yeah. Um, but to go back to the exploration, despite it feeling overwhelming at times, you do learn it, like I said. And the other thing that I think is really, really nice, kind of right out of the gate, is they get, allow you to... Uh, mark the map in a really 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 smart way and so you get these different color markers that you can place and then you put them on the map and they're bright and they're they're fairly large and then in the mini map you can always see like oh my red icon is pointing me that way and that really cuts down i think Mm -hmm. a lot of the guesswork when it comes down to exploration it's a simple thing uh but it goes a long way and you you do mention um the uh hidden block thing and that is uh that is actually something when i before i was maybe 40% 40% of the way through the game, I to the same friend I that I, that kind of we mentioned the uh, how the game was designed and how it flowed. I was like, you know, this is such a classic Metroid thing. There being blocks that you don't necessarily know that you need to shoot mm-hmm. and you shoot them. I'm like kind of over that. And I felt that way at the time and there were definitely moments where I was like, "Oh, okay, like I need to shoot that." Like, "Oh, of course." And it I can as you said, Brad, I could see that being um Frustrating for a newcomer, but there is a power that you get later on. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it, again, it kind of goes back to that feeling that I had before where, you're like, oh my God, this is so awesome. And your eyes kind of light up and you're like, I can see all of this now and I can go and I can explore. And so, like, it's almost like purposefully just a smidge frustrating to make the point where it isn't anymore. All the more gratifying. That's the beauty, like the upgrades you're talking about. Yes. They're so good, and when you get one, you feel, like, really good. Yes. You're like, holy shit, this opens up so many possibilities for me. Yes. Um, Even, like, the the ones you know that are coming, like you said. Like, I I knew some things would be in this game just because it's a Metroid game. Right, And it's like, when you get that, you're like, oh, it's still so good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, really, everything feels so, um, so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Really cool encounters in this game. Some really yeah. rad surprises. Yes. Where I was like, damn, that was cool. Yes, totally. Uh, I want to talk about the Emmys, but really quick. You, Fuck. Sorry, I got to bring this oh, up, okay. though, because you did talk about the boss fights. Like, yeah. Really surprising, the quality of these boss fights. It's I was like, oh, my God, it's Metroid. But it was yeah. like, I was like, oh, that was really sick. What the hell? Yeah. I didn't yeah. expect that. No, it like. I don't want to say anything, but there were moments where I'm just like, that's like the coolest shit I've ever seen. Yeah, and like we said, it's not because it's hard or anything. It feels good to be. It's just cool encounter. Right, and so uh, in trying to compare it to boss fights from other games, I think another thing that is worth pointing out is boss fights, I think a lot of times try to be cinematic, right, or try Mm -hmm. to be special, but sometimes they're cinematic at the cost of agency where you don't really feel like you earned what Mm -hmm. happened. 
the boss fights in Metroid Dread are incredibly cinematic. You know, like fuck yeah, I, I, that's, I totally deserve mm-hmm. what is happening mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, and so it it blends that kind of um, cinematic and and hardcore action so so well. Uh, and uh, along those lines, I really have to give a shout out to the story. Another thing that I am completely in awe of, this game expands upon the existing Metroid lore mm-hmm. in a fantastic way, is surprisingly emotional, but is not overbearing. Mm-hmm. In spite trying to, I think, really push things ahead and really tell a a new and, and genuinely interesting Metroid story, does not overdo it. Uh, maybe you could argue at the beginning a little bit, but once the game gets going, the story moments, when they happen, mm-hmm. feel big, feel meaningful, feel surprising, but they're not, like, bombarding you or taking yeah, away from the I think it's handled pretty well. Yeah. And and all of this is, like, made even more surprising by the fact that, like, Metroidvanias is a super oversaturated genre mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, it's not something I'm in short supply of, and it's like, this is so good that that conversation doesn't even matter. It transcends... Yeah, that that's super good. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the Emmys. Yes, the um, big hook. Another thing that is honestly pretty frustrating in the game, so uh, if you're not familiar with what these are, there are these zones that you go into, and they're kind of an Emmy-controlled zone. It's like a predator that hunts you. And you have to be very careful. You have to kind of stealth, and you have to be quick, and you have to move, uh, because these Emmys are very fast, and they can crawl through vents that you can't get through. Um, and they can, like... Just move. They're like spiders, basically. They can just get around very, mm-hmm. very quickly. Um, and if you if they touch you, you go into this quick time event, and you get two chances to counter uh, them. And it is so incredibly hard. It's really hard. The to game do. tells you straight up for like, do you will fail probably. It's very yeah. It's yeah. And. Like, I it. I always think I have it. Yeah. Like I. I always think I'm like I know exactly when. Yeah. I was I was pretty happy because when I started the game, it, I was like, "This is impossible!" Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to counter if yeah. I'm going to hit this timing. I didn't do once. it for a long time. Yeah, and then as I got to the end of the game, I started doing it more regularly, and it felt a little better. But it would still trip me up. It too, feels so times. good too. When yeah, you do it. It does. It feels so good. Um, but like these Emmy, they're they're ruthless. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, okay, whatever. I'll just avoid it. These sections probably aren't very long. There are so many times you'll be like. It, it creates this like raw panic in you mm-hmm. because you know how quick they are, and like you know, even the slightest touch probably means death. And so you run, and you're like, "Oh no, a dead end!" And so you just have this feeling of like impending doom as the Emmy gets closer, and you know you're gonna die. Um, I, I like how they throw some some of those obstacles they throw at you during that right. are like really simple, but yes. really change everything. Yes, Brad. And so you're you're totally perfectly launching into the next point that I wanted to bring up is at first, for a while, the Emmy encounters that you get into are just sort of built on the premise that the Emmys are dangerous and escaping them takes some effort. And that's that's kind of all there is to it. You know, it's just make sure you navigate the environment well. But as you get later on, that isn't enough to get through these areas. There's kind of like something that you have to figure out. You kind of have to create space so you can mm-hmm. properly destroy them and becomes just this minor little puzzle on top of the uh, intensity that is there. And so it keeps it super, super fresh. And I think the Emmys highlight something 
I can't believe this is the same company that made Samus Returns. I can't believe I can't it. I can't the same people that made Castlevania Lords of Shadow. I can't either. <laughs> Dude, it's so crazy. I can't either because I really liked Samus Returns. I'm a Samus Returns defender. That game is amateur hour compared to this because... Like all of the, it's like they listen to the complaints because all of the repetition that you would feel from the boss fights is just gone here, um, and they, again they're just like layering things on top of each other so well. Uh, the over reliance on the counter is gone. Like the counter is still really powerful and really cool, but it feels like it just blends into your mm-hmm. toolkit in a good way, where it's like a valuable thing, but not the only thing that matters. It, I like, I can't believe on top of everything else. It looks and runs, for the most part, so, so, so good. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, this game is gorgeous. Like, the environments, there's so much going on in the background. There's it's so kind of wild playing yeah. a Metroid game with all of this. I'm like, whoa, there's, like, stuff yes. in the, like, animals in the background moving around. This yes. is wild. <laughs> the, the frame rate, when it drops, it drops hard, yeah. but it didn't happen to me too not, often. Not very frequent. Yeah, but it, nice. seems, it, seems it, it didn't seem to happen in a moment where I... Where if it happened, I would be dead. Yeah. It was like at a moment where it didn't really matter hmm. for me. And it's like any any of the criticisms that I can come up with for this game, they seem so minor in what it does well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's a game that really only gets better and better and better. I'm really excited like. yeah, for you That's what it seems like as I've gone along. Yeah. Mercury Steam, dude, has uh, learned from there. Mistakes, Past yeah. Has they're, just doing, they're doing great used now. All of that to reach new heights, but it's badass. Like I can't remember the last time I've seen such a leap in quality. Yeah, uh, from Samus from game to game. Like dope. I I didn't have any strong feelings about Mercury Steam before, but yeah. it's like these guys like they're they're acting like masters here. It's like, yeah, it's kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy. I'm like how like, are you I am this stunned. good at Metroidvania design? Yeah, I'm like they I'm pretty sure they made the the Lords of Shadow DS game too. Yeah, three DS game. That yeah, that Mirror Fate. That wasn't good. It's like damn, you guys are doing great now. Gotta look who the director like, was. Yeah, like some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, something really something happened. Something like, changed. You know, I, t- I talk about like maybe some minor hesitation, and if you've never played Metroid before and it being intimidating, but even even that is kind of countered because like the Emmy sections are really hard, mm-hmm. but they're smart enough that when you die from an Emmy, they just like put you back to the beginning of the section, so it's like you can get back to where yeah. you were immediately. I'm gonna say you're gonna die a lot in this game. Yes, you but it's like you're right there. Yeah, it 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 is it is like a it, it comp- when it does compromise, it compromises intelligently mm-hmm. uh, in a way that that like. Seems fair. Like this, this game feels like it is coming from people that understand Metroid so intimately and made a game for fans that are emaciated and starving. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. like starving for years, and you bring me like the best feast possible. Yeah, it's like, whoa, what? Yeah, it is pretty crazy. They've done Castlevania and Metroid. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, They're pretty yeah. wild, pretty wild, to think yeah. About. I wonder if they'll ever go back to Castlevania, and now they'll do well, more Metroids. I, like, who knows? I don't know. Crazy to think about the chart of this. If they company. made a Metroid or a Castlevania like this, then yeah, I'd yeah. be all for it. But I mean, one of my biggest complaints about Lords of Shadow is it 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 feels like it only has the Castlevania DNA in a superficial way, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I respect them trying to do their own thing, but yeah. this dread is this like perfect tightrope of it it definitely feels like it's pushing the series forward and it is carving out its own space but 
really understand what makes a, not only a Metro game special, but they care about that stuff too. Like mm-hmm. there is there is this reverence here that comes across so incredibly well. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, I'll say about Castlevania, I guess, is the there wasn't that many good 3D Castlevania games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, good is the highest I will go for any of them. I would mm-hmm. say they're decent. And I think there's a lot of great examples of great 2D Metroid games oh, yeah. to take inspiration from. Definitely. But I do agree with you that Lord of Shadow feels super different. Yeah. Super different. Sometimes in not a good way where I'm like, huh. It- I appreciated it. Whereas it sounds like Dread is a celebration while also doing their new, a new thing. Dread's like the Super Metroid sequel you always wanted that lived yeah. up to it. Which yeah. is weird. It, sick. I think it, I think it's hard when things cast a long shadow. And I think Metroid is in this like incredibly frustrating position yeah. where the games come out very infrequently. You don't necessarily know if mm. they're going to be yeah. You get like good or divisive multiplayer ones yeah. and shit. Federation and, Force. You're like what? But in spite of that infrequency and, and maybe mixture of quality, the high points that the series has reached are just like so overwhelming and so universally praised that it's also kind of living up against that. And it's like I can't believe Dread handles all of that. Like it's not even that big of a deal. Like this is such a confident focused fully thought out game that like it it is ju- it is just incredible from angular angle if you care about metroid and you love metroid this is it if you just love good video games right it could be examined from that angle as well i don't think this for as reverent as i think it is of metroid it isn't pandering it isn't like a cheap thrill. It's not like constantly getting in your face from like being like, do you remember this thing? You love this, right? You remember doing this in Super Metroid? It's really cool. It doesn't, it's too good to play those tricks really. Like it, oh, it's amazing. It's such a good game. Like I, I beg of people. I feel like Metroid (laughs) just like never really like becomes those sales juggernauts. It never caught on as much. They need to. This is too good to not be successful. I think it's already selling pretty well. Every game now is the highest selling of a franchise. We live in 2021. Yeah. Not even a question. On the Switch too. It's not even a question. (laughs) I have to say also, another thing, speaking of like disbelief around Nintendo at the moment. um, So... Thankfully, because of Damiani, I was able to get a Switch OLED. Mm-hmm. I was pretty disappointed when they unveiled that thing because I constantly sw- shit on the Switch for not for feeling woefully underpowered. Mm-hmm. That screen is so good. Mm. It maybe this is a little bit of an exaggeration, but it almost feels like a new system. Mm. Like that screen is such an upgrade mm-hmm. that you really feel it. It kind of reminds me of the two different uh, Game Boy Advance SPs. Like the first yes. one, and then the one with the much brighter yes. screen. It kind Love of feels SP. like that again, but maybe even more dramatic. And so I was, Man, was pretty impressed with that. And and Dread can be so gorgeous that playing that on that much better OLED screen mm-hmm. uh, sure. was really yeah. awesome. But I eat whatever switch you have, buy this game. I can't yeah, play on a computer monitor. Looks pretty good still. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I. Everybody like, this is it. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's hard for me to not to recommend this. Yeah. To like. Anybody, I guess. Anyone. Anyone. It's challenging. Like, if you don't want to, like, that's all I would say, I guess. You're going to have to think, if you just want an easy breezy game you just to chill out with, this might not be it. There are definitely chill moments, but you're going to be thinking. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's something. You're going to be thinking. You're going to be fighting. 
It's going to put your skills to the test, definitely. The only thing I would say maybe in defense of that is, is, it, is it is pretty short. It's it's an eight-hour game. Mm-hmm. Um, eight hours? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. It's like around there, yeah. So breezy? To the point where... So breezy? I almost think it's too short, but I, I don't know if I'm saying that as an actual criticism, like it... It should be longer, mm-hmm. or if I just liked it so much that I'm yeah. upset that it's over. It seems over. like it got yeah. out just in time. That's yeah. what I feel like as I'm playing it right now. Yeah. I feel like it's going to end at a good spot where yeah. it feels appropriate. Because I would worry about if it felt like it was dragging. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I guess that there is a hard mode you unlock for after finish. Which is cool. Yeah. I so. love that. I, I haven't, Sorry, I just haven't been to the party in the game where I'm like, ugh, I got to go do this. No. Kind of thing. No. Which is great. Like, I haven't felt like that at all. Yeah. The, the only time that that feeling was on is when I was stuck and I was just, like, wandering around, like, trying to figure out what to blast and what to get through. That happened. But even in the worst of moments, it controls so well that, mm-hmm. like, it's it, it was it was hard to just ever be that. It was a pleasure to move it around. It was just yeah, a pleasure. It was. I'm going to do a quick bio. No, go for it. Um, while Huber is, is taking a bio break... I am so fascinated because I haven't played a single second of it to learn about New World. It's oh, a game New that World. seems to be getting a lot of hype. Yeah, New World. Uh, so I am level 24, I believe. I think level cap 60. So I'm still pretty early. Sure. But what I like about New World straight off the bat is someone who's played WoW since it came out on and off. And I've played Final Fantasy 14 since on and off since Realm of Born a long time. New World feels really different uh-huh. compared to those two in a good and bad way so if like one thing i love about final fantasy i think is the story you know the main scenario quest yes doing the quest like this the lore unbelievably good not really not much for that if you're looking for something like that new world is not gonna have any of that sure. nothing like that new world is very much a game that i feel like is about going out in the world crafting doing some pvp and like the community running towns. That's what the game shines into me. Like, there's not a lot of dungeons that I'm aware of. Like, I haven't even done one yet. I think I can do it now. But I'm, yeah. like, level 24, and, like, I haven't even done one yet. I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird. Yeah. And the combat, one thing I like about it, it's just different. I'm not saying it's better or worse. It's just different. Seems more active. It's very active. It's not tab-targeting kind of combat. Like, if you're coming from WoW or Final Fantasy fourteen, it's going to feel really different, you know? It's all like, you know, you're left-clicking to swing your sword or right-clicking to block, stuff like that. You're be- definitely more action-oriented. But one thing that I do love about this game is I just like the world. Mm. I like being in this world a lot. It's very... That's huge, yeah. It's like... The whole premise is kind of like crash landing on this island and this, this crazy island. All this crazy magic stuff goes down. Like, the area you started off and felt very, like, piratey, you know, jungle kind of going there. You could start different points in the game, I guess, too, from where you crash land. But then this area I've been in that we've been in, this yeah. town called Windsward, is very, like, it reminds me of, like, American West kind of thing. It feels very Red Dead. Yeah. So I'm out there in the woods. You know, I got a musket shooting, like, a, musket and a, hatchet. a bobcat skin in it, yeah. watching my skin go up, like, my skin rake. I'm like, yeah. this is all the, the dopamine Hubert talks about, all the gamers, the numbers Exquisite going up. Exquisite dopamine. Yeah. In the new world, for sure. Yeah, like, if you love crafting mm-hmm. and stuff like that and the economy and, like, player-driven, like, mm-hmm. sandbox kind of stuff, this is a great game for that, especially because this game's 40 bucks and there's no monthly fee. Oh, yeah. wow. So you just I buy actually, in right on the top. I don't know how I didn't know that. Yeah, you yeah. buy in at the top and uh, you're in. 
You're in? There has to be some other. There's gonna be like gonna be microtransactions. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think some right bullshit. now there's like you can buy some like skins. I think. Yeah. Uh, a Cosmetics. question that I have uh, that a lot of MMOs that I play fall victim to, and and for as much as I like 14, I would say for a lot of the content, 14 is a problem with this as well. Is like. They're, they they can sometimes feel like single player games that happen to have other people around. Right. And so I will do a 14 dungeon a lot of times, mm-hmm. and it's like I'll, I'll queue up and no one yeah. will talk. It just mm-hmm. people just kind of yeah. go on autopilot. Um, and I think that can serve its purpose. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it is strictly bad, but I I miss kind of the the classic days of WoW where it really felt so alive and people were just so engaged with each other. Yeah, community is a huge part of this game. Like, yeah, yes. you can play, you can just play by yourself a lot of times, just do things, but you'll miss out on so much. It's a huge Because the world honor. is driven by the, the players, mm-hmm. essentially. You know, it's not, like, there is a main quest you go through, but it, <laughs> questing this game is not very good. It's yeah. pretty, like, pretty straightforward. Standard, but, yeah. yeah bare, it doesn't really do anything to surprise you. So, I'd like to bring up a couple key stories to kind of uh, frame the identity of New World in mm. the early days here. Yeah. Uh, two big things are going down in this game right now. The first is scamming. Okay. So, guild leaders, if they feel like their guild is going under or like losing the war, what they've been doing now is getting all their people to put money into the coffers. They take the money and they bounce. <laughs> and this is this has happened a bunch. This is going down right now in this game. That is so scummy. Yeah. But it's very MMO. It's very MMO. Yes. It's like it's like one of it's like you could only get that in this type of game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's terrible. It's terrible, but it's like such part of the it's identity of it. So it's, yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. The other one is actually not good. It's okay. bad. Okay. So there are these huge PvP wars going down where you like you fight over territory. You fight over territory. And it's like, okay, we're fighting for this territory, this color versus this, you know, yellow versus green or whatever. It's like the Marauders and the Syndicate or whatever. And what people are doing now, this one just broke, is they're reporting players on the opposing team. So they get a 24-hour ban. It's getting ugly. It's getting ugly in it's there. Getting ugly. It's getting because out of control. So they're abusing the report feature and just getting entire like teams, yeah. like essentially timed out. Yeah, because Ben, it's out of control. If you, you can war with another faction over territory, and if your faction wins, yeah, the guild that like did it, they could they will run the town essentially. They can yeah. decide like the taxes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and like what to give the town. Like they have some power. Over the town, so you got like this element, yeah. this really fun element of like a power trip. Yeah. If, if you, yeah, had that side, and raise those taxes. Fi- yeah, exactly. People are always fighting and stuff like that. So it is really cool, weird human, yeah. yes, experiment things. But there's three factions, Ben. Okay, there's yeah. the green. I won't say the names. But green, yellow, purple. Yeah. One thing I've noticed you haven't played though is when Huber and I were playing at the same time, all three were on the map. Someone, yeah. like everyone, had some territory. It's one every time. Guess now. what's now? Purple's gone. Purple's There's like gone. no yeah. purple. Yeah, it's green and yellow. So what baby. the hell do you do if you're purple? Like I mean, that's you're on the losing side and you lose yeah. out some benefits. Like you could still yeah. totally play the game fine. And stuff yeah, like that, but it just seems frustrating. Like if yeah, I was no, on it purple, is because it feels like what can I do if yeah. my entire 
entire art. Like I'm just one person in this whole big uh, yeah. army, and like we just lose. I was I'm like, super just curious to see how hopeless. the long the long game yeah. of this like PvP structure yeah. how it'll turn out, and how much it you can abuse me... it, and how much power like streamers have, and huge right. factions with huge resources. Like all of that stuff is. Cool if you're on the winning team, but like it also seems kind of just <laughs> deflating if you're on the losing team, and it feels kind of hopeless. This is this is so 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 fascinating. Yeah. It reminds me, and maybe this is a poor comparison, but it reminds me of Mortal Kombat X, where they had this cool idea where when you booted up the game, you could pick a faction That's right. that you joined. Everyone was Lin Kuei. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it to the point Every single to person. the to the overwhelming point where it's like this is not a choice. Yeah. It's it's such a monopoly. That this feature in the game feels muted yeah. because, like, gamers can't really help themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like there's there's hard, there's something hardwired there where like on paper something can sound really cool, yeah. but people will always pick the best, most efficient, most meta yeah. option. Every time, yes. yes, right. And so it 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 changes the dynamic. Yeah. It, it, it it can't be balanced. Yeah, it's so fascinating to see how this game will turn out and like. I want to see where this game is like a year from now. Yeah, just like right. the structure and the like the community where they're gonna be at, because it's really fascinating. And I love that there's room to do really fun stuff like that that you can only get in an MMO. But yeah. I, do, but yeah. some people are not gonna be happy. But about then it. I'm like, obviously not even close to level cap. And then part of yeah, me same. wonders, like, okay, well, if I'm on purple and I'm just gone, and I turn PvP off, can I just like? Do everything and get level cap anyway. Does it you really still, matter at the end of the day? You still get level cap. Does it really even matter well, when everything it does is said for and like done? Rewards. Like I'll miss out on a couple rewards. I could still do like dungeons yeah, and you all could the still quests. Do yeah. Well, because like they don't want to lock you out of the game yeah. if you're on a losing side. Yeah. Like that sucks. Like yeah. <laughs> imagine if you couldn't do a lot of content because just your team is yeah. just like shit. You know. But I guess you need your team to like challenge. Yeah. yeah. So it's like still though, what if like you're on they purple you, and you can't even like challenge? I don't know. I don't. Like, let me do that PVP. Like, yeah. I'm really curious to see how it's going to evolve. Yeah. Uh, so we brought up some points about how like the questing is just whatever, you know? It's yeah. Like, kind of whatever. The world's cool, but the best thing about this game is you always feel like you're making progress in something. The dopamine is nonstop. Mm-hmm. So it's like nonstop, especially if you like I said like crafting like. You go out in the woods, you, let's say you got a quest to kill like a wolf or a couple wolves or something like that. You go out there, or along the way you see some trees, man. Yeah. You chop some trees, you Chopping. level up your your, your, your like lumberjack skill. It's so you soothing. got some wood, you kill your wolves for that quest, <laughs> then you skin them, then your skinning goes up, then you go back to town, then you take your lumber and uh, I forgot what the process is called, but like you turn you make your lumber into something else mm-hmm. for another crafting thing. You take your hide. You make something out of that, or you make some food for that to like give you health. So you always kind of get something out of it, even if the task at hand isn't the most exciting thing. It yeah. sounds monotonous, but it's so smooth, and the numbers are always going up yeah. that it ends up feeling good. You you go out to do one thing, and you accomplish ten it's little. It's so yeah. easy to get distracted. Uh, yeah. So easy. which is awesome. I did read a PC Gamer article, and I I've I've had this feeling before in older MMOs. And for as many things as I like about older MMOs, this was always an aspect where I was like, this is just not fun. Mm-hmm. Where you talked about going and 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 harvesting essentially and killing things. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that like that stuff can get sniped from you. You may go mm-hmm. to oh, yeah. get yeah. something oh, yeah. and somebody takes it. Yeah. And when I think the game is as explosively popular as it is right now, yep. you 
that I can imagine would be aggravating. Yeah, they've delayed server transfers. Like the first week, I didn't even really try to play because the queue times were so insane. Like the game is there's no queues yeah. now, out of control. And then our server's not locked anymore. But. Yeah. So the the queue times have since mostly been solved. It sounds like, but uh, that's good. I haven't early, run into any early. Well, I mean, goings. of course, like. I always expect this from a brand new MMO launch. I yeah. always expect not yeah. to to be able to play great for a couple of days. Yeah. But that's just because I've played many and I know how it goes. But yeah. I understand the frustration. I have to uh, tell you about this joke that happened during the Battlefield press event. Um, I, I wish I could remember the guy's name, but it was on Discord. And they were like, hey, the Amazon servers that we use for this went down. So sorry, you guys can't match bake right now. <laughs> and then somebody in chat was like, see, they pulled him for New World. <laughs> So funny. <laughs> um, so, just uh, th- this is a completely a me thing, and I'm mad at myself because I-, I, especially hearing what you guys are saying about New World, I think we kind of, you know, we come from the same background mm-hmm. when it comes to yep. PC games and a lot of those early MMO experiences. And a lot of what you're saying is it kind of has that matter to it in a way that a lot yeah. of MMOs today yeah. don't. But I feel like I just don't currently have any space for I have it no in a way space. that is totally, that I'm mad yeah. at myself for because Same. there's just a lot of no games. No time. Yeah, I am so invested in Final Fantasy XIV, yeah. and it's so important to me to try to get caught up before Endwalker. A mm. because I'm just so invested in the story and of I course. put so much time in. Mm. But even something like it's like okay, if I needed, let's say I was hypothetically caught up in fourteen, I'd done everything I wanted to. And I was looking for a new time sync game. Yeah. I would maybe lean more towards like Destiny Two, yeah. where it's like I'm, yes. I'm already Good invested. Man. I already mm-hmm. I want to see where this story goes. There's some content that I didn't get to do that I want to do. Like I have already this attachment. Better do Forsaken if you haven't done that. That's that that top <laughs> vaulting <laughs> yeah. is super stupid. But we don't have the space to get into it right now. Um, so what I'm saying about New World is it sounds really really cool, but just this like thought of starting from square zero Mm -hmm. and probably the amount of time that it takes to get all the way up there that is just this barrier that i'm just like i don't know because i don't i don't want to just dip my toe into it yeah it doesn't feel like it's that kind of game yeah like 14 there's no denying is infinitely better it's such a better game and obviously i've only finished a realm reborn Mm -hmm. i'm getting to the 10 out of 10 good shit Mm -hmm. but like everything i've seen everything i've played from 14 is like you were saying ben it's it's like single player. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm going on my quest, watching cutscenes. I go into a dungeon. I've right. done so many dungeons. No one says a word. Yeah. You're on autopilot. Yeah. Like you're you, just it's almost like you're playing this single player game online. You will see like they're bot. Like if they're, yeah. they're, it's so like coldly efficient. Yeah. That you're like coldly you efficient. You cannot yeah. be human. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> new whereas like again, 14, so incredible is better, dude. 10 out of 10 game. Yeah. Not even invested in any of the lore story in New World, but like there is something really, really cool about the Wild West nature, yeah, and just how the community is interacting with each other, and just like you don't really get that in fourteen. Fourteen is so totally. structured, and yeah, so safe, I think and so efficient. Yeah, if you're looking for a lot of like the bells and whistles from MMOs that mm-hmm. you want, like extra stuff, like for example, like Gold Sauce or something like that, you know, this game is. It's a new MMO, and it's still got a long ways to go. I think for I feel like content, has ruined my life. I've spent yeah. so much time in that fucking place. Like, oh, there's yeah. definitely not <laughs> as much to do, but I think their goal of just laying out this foundation, I think they did a pretty good job. Yeah, no, but I feel like. Wait, did you ever di- get Noctis's red? Uh, no, I when I Sorry. 
I have, but I, I have I have the money for it, okay. so I can just okay. go buy it. You gotta get it. I, I, when I say I spent a lot of time in Gold Saucer, <laughs> yeah. I was spending time GP. saving up. Get that GP, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was getting the GP. Yeah, yeah. No, it was just there was a lot of like I'm up at two a.m. <laughs> mm-hmm. waiting yeah. for the next event yeah. that happens every twenty minutes to happen, so I can get the. <gasps> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my point is, I guess, is like this is a, a growing MMO still that's it doesn't feel complete yet yes, from totally. what I've played. And if you play like if you're looking for like the pristine complete MMO thing, there's more in that terms out there. Like Final Fantasy or whatever is like a better example of that. But there's it's just a really weird nature. This game feels different, which I really like. Yeah. Uh, I haven't played it, but a lot of people are saying the crafting is very, like, if you like RuneScape, stuff like that. I have no experience So I don't either, but that's what I've heard about it. Yeah. So maybe if you like that kind of gameplay, you might like this. But just the fact that there's no monthly fee mm-hmm. and I can just hop in whenever yeah. makes it real breezy for me. Really like, breezy. My mindset when I'm playing this game is not, I need to level up fast. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of doing my own thing. I'm just kind of yeah. exploring yeah. in the world and just enjoying my time. That's what I always said about Destiny, why I, why I still play this day. I yeah. know it's had paid expansions, and I wonder if New World I'm, will oh, do I'm that sure down will. the line. Yeah. But, like, Destiny 2, you just not so much anymore because, again, there's new content. But, like, right. so you just buy it, and you're you're in. No monthly fee. Like, it's it'll be there. It's always mm-hmm. adding new shit or faulting shit and... It's funny that you bring up environments because one of, if not my favorite aspect of Destiny 2 is is how strong the art direction is Mm -hmm. and how just breathtaking some of those environments are Um, to the point where it makes it even more frustrating when you go to like do a a dungeon or whatever and you you end up doing the same one like multiple Mm -hmm. times. It kind of takes away from that majesty, but it can be there. Um, So New World, Brad and Huber, I think you've you've done such a fantastic job of articulating why this game is cool. And it, it really, my reservation has nothing to do with the quality of the game. It's just, it's... It, it's There's no time it's, right now. Oh, yeah, I It's get this it. thing that you're talking about, Huber, where it's just this embarrassment of riches. And even, yeah. I, I feel like all I'm doing is playing video games. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm playing through games all the time. I'm, I'm playing, I'm trying new things out all the time. Yeah. Like, it's just like, you just can't. But the, the other thing that is in the back of my head, the worry that I have, especially since it is a new and growing MMO that happens to be the hot thing right now, yeah. is by the time that I do open up space for this, is anyone going to care? Know, I know. You know, and you can't you help but know. think that. You don't yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's know. just, you know, like, I've been trying, I, I've barely been able to play this game because there's so many yeah, other same. damn games I'm trying to play too. Yeah. yeah. I get it. But I'm having a good time. I like it. And I'm looking forward to see how it evolves Sounds over yeah. time. No, I need some PvP wars. Yeah, I really think you guys did. I'd a good say job if here. you like PvP, this is probably a pretty good one to try out. Yeah, it's so funny because I feel like I have not enjoyed PvP in a game mm-hmm. since the early days of WoW. Mm-hmm. But it was so good in the early days of WoW, where like every time I I logged in, I felt like I had some story to tell. Mm-hmm. Whether it was like, you know, there's stuff like that. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely scuffles you could have out in the world if you want one on one. Some sniper on the ridge with a musket. Yeah, I'm saying, like, if you laid, you can go prone in the game, Ben. Yeah. If you go prone, your name disappears above your head. So and you can, like, snipe. hide in a bush. Yeah, you can hide in a bush with a musket. Some guy was some camped game. with a musket right outside town, and people would wander yeah. out, take pot shots. Oh, one cool thing I like about the game we didn't talk about is the camp. So throughout the world, you can make campsites at places to rest, and that serves as, like, a checkpoint where you when you die. So if you die, yeah, you like just mechanic. spawn back there. But you can put your, you can put these in a lot of places throughout the world. Maybe not like right in the middle of a combat thing. Yeah, but pretty close outside of mm-hmm. it. I say this as a compliment, but 
This game feels like it has some meanness that I think a lot of games today are too afraid to yeah. include. I will say it has MMOs, room, some edges. It has room for mischief. Yeah, wow, exactly. neutered MMOs. Oh, it absolutely did. Like yeah. everything post, like Wrath of the Lich King is just efficient, maximum efficiency. It's, it's automated, basically. It's yeah. automated. Yeah. MMOs have become so automated. It's like it's like a roller coaster that doesn't want you to feel any bumps along the way. Yes. that's what it became. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I love the sloppiness of of New World for sure. Whereas like old WoW was like a rickety old roller coaster mm-hmm. that this, you're like this could fall apart at any moment, and that's yeah. why it's so exciting. But the thing is, at the time, is WoW felt like the the most yes. pristine roller coaster true. around. Yeah. True. Yes, that is absolutely true. And I think it's just an evolving thing of games in general. Of people, the trends like in games of MMOs have adapted to that. Of like, remember when we were? Remember when we were at the cyber cafe and the guy got ninja looted? Yeah, I will never forget that. Moment. We were at a I cyber... can remember. I remember the item too. Yeah, it was the dragoon boots from Final the Fantasy Lo- uh, Final Fantasy Eleven. I remember that from Eleven. Yeah, Final Fantasy Eleven. No, it was the guy in Wow. We were playing Wow. No, I'm talking about the Liu Kang guy. You remember oh, okay. I remember that dude. This was another time. Dude. Okay. Another guy mm. was playing Ragnaros or whatever. Oh, <laughs> and the, the item got ninja looted, and he slammed the keyboard down, and he screamed at the top of his lungs. The guy ninja looted me, and I had never heard that term ninja loot. So I was like, "What does that mean?" I feel like, like yo, yo, what happened? What I happened feel, to that guy? I feel like such a contradictory creature. Where like I think gamers in a lot of ways ruin games, and I hate when they like are like berating people or when they're being offensive or like racist or sexist or whatever. But there is also a part of me that would give anything to see that man slam his fist on the keyboard. Like that feels just like so pure and innocent. Yeah. 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 People were like consoling him, like, yo, dude, oh, be man. all right. Like, I felt horrible. I was like, dude, what happened? That's like, so good. Yeah. Yeah, MMOs were something wild. Yeah. That's why when I was playing so much Final Fantasy XI, yeah. it was so fascinating to yeah. me, and I it loved is. it. It is. It's, it's, like it, it's funny it's how. It's bad in so many ways, but I liked but some of the so rough good. edges. It is. It, it's bad in so many ways, but the ways in which it's, it's good feel like yeah. non existent anymore. Yeah. 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 Um, it's weird. It's so cool that New World has been able to come out to be different and to generate this kind of success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's that's cool. Hell yeah. Let's see where it goes. Can Huber, it survive? I have a feeling by the end of the conversation, I'll be like, I'm going to download that tonight. I um, want you to play so badly. And this is... Uh, <laughs> This is Fist Forged in oh, Shadow Tour. Fist. I thought you were going to talk about the other one. What Sweet. other one? Black for Blood. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get. I, well, yeah. that one I know I'm going to play. Hell yeah, 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 yeah. That one I know I'm going to play. I just have been caught up with other reviews at the moment. Yeah. But yeah. Tell me about Fist. Fist is fucking sick. I love this game. I know everyone is praising Dread right now. I got to play Dread. Yeah. It, but Fist is really awesome. Man. I don't know if Fist reaches those highs. I feel bad that Fist seems like this really cool game that is coming out at a time yeah, where like a juggernaut. I know. It just, it, it feels tragic. Yeah. Hopefully in like a year or so, people will go back and be like, oh shit, Fist yeah. is cool. Yeah. Really, really cool game. Um... Really cool lore and world I nice. really want to highlight. It does seem neat. You're the yeah. Ferdisons, which is like furries, basically. There's like the cat lady, and you're a rabbit, and you have a best friend that's a bear. <laughs> uh, and the environment reminds me of like a cyberpunky 1940s Shanghai. 
mm. if that makes sense in your brain. Yeah. Uh, and specific but good. I, like, yes. I have. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just really, really love the pace of this game. The exploration is so fun. You were talking about, you know, dread and just like yeah. going through environments, like the way everything is doled out. The economy from minute one until you finish the game is strong, even by the very, very end of the so game. So are you are you buying upgrades? You can buy. So you the two main currency currencies are like gold or whatever, money and data disks. And money can be used to buy uh, skills. Some skills need the data disks, so you can get kind of hamstrung there. Uh, but then there's shops. There's like shop dealers around. There's like rat guy who sells like really cool hidden keys, skeleton keys that can use on like really hidden chests. Um, the main villains are the iron dogs and they're like mechanized robotic <laughs> dogs. Um, and the combat's cool. You have three main weapons. You have your fist, which is really cool. You know, you can do like cool combos with it. Uh, you can do like a really cool charge attack. Then you have this drill, which is cool because you can like tornado people and kind of combo the moves with that uh and then the last one is like kind of like a electrical whip Ooh, that would uh, be a good way yeah and you can like combo all three um there's like a freaking ramen place you know nice. you can like get some ramen and like get a little lore there get a little buff Easy bait for you yeah so yeah just the hub town is really cool and just like exploring every single one of these environments is really really fun just the right amount of challenge in this game. Mm. The that last was a question the, I had, yeah, yeah, the last like fourth of the game kind of ramps up. There's a couple parts that are really intense, a couple bosses, a couple good nods that I won't give away with their bosses, mm. but they know who their their audience is. Their audience yeah. is. Okay. Um, Dracula. Really good collectibles. <laughs> you can find these posters, uh, and with the posters, you can like change the color of your gear. Mm. And I did like this cool like black and like it was like kind of like black. It, I don't even know how to describe it. It's really really cool. But the set basically was one of the posters was Dark Souls dude. Yes, that A, dude. Another one like the main guy on the cover of one. Oh okay. Oh. Another one was clearly Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. Like you know who their their audience is. So just it felt like this was a game made by really passionate metroidvania fans and they delivered a really really solid entry in this genre that should not be missed that's awesome so strong strong game uh bit of a tangent but i i have to pretend that hollow knight doesn't exist until (laughs) silk song is released i know know. Uh, ah yes yeah uh no that that's that's so cool um how long is it little over 10 hours so like right around okay. there, ten hours. Um, but I explored so much. Mm-hmm. I didn't one hundred percent every environment. I hundred yeah. percented a few. Got like eighty to ninety percent in a lot of the zones. Um, it, it's hard. I did so much. I even got like the super hidden area just by chance. Oh, nice. I like stumbled upon some keys to unlock it. I was like, oh, sh- dude, I only need one more, and cool. then like ended up finding it. Cool. So. It's hard not comparing this to Dredge just because Dredge is so fresh in my mind. Of course, of course. Um, but the gold standard, <laughs> Metroid. Uh, when talking about these these secrets that you're going after, um, in terms of balance, right? Do you feel mm-hmm. like when you went after a secret, it was like, oh, okay, there it is, and you went and you grabbed it? Was there kind of some puzzle involved, or so the, in the classic? I always try. I always bring up Guacamelee because I feel mm-hmm. like Guacamelee does it better than everyone is like getting to a secret 
and having to do some sick. Mm. There's a lot of platforming in Guacamelee. You yeah. know? Uh, so there's definitely moments like that where it's like, okay, there's something on the other side mm-hmm. of here. I just got to like nail these jumps. The yeah. controls are really good also, nice, which good. makes the whole game great because it controls so well. Uh, you get your your dashes, your double jumps, your wall slides, your wall bounces. Mm-hmm. Everything feels really good. With the wall bounces, can mm-hmm. you kind of just ping pong back and forth? Yep. Okay. Yep. So you can like ping pong, double jump, dash. Bouncing off of walls or so triangle jumping. One of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's truly, truly. Yeah. Uh, the um, upgrades are good. Standard shit, you know. <laughs> Collect three things, your health goes up. Collect okay. three things, your special move oh, goes okay. up. Cool. So something that Metroid Dread does that I really, really like, and it's it's a you know, like some another comparison would be like a Zelda is the you get these part energy tanks, and it's like if you collect four of them, you get all the way up. But then sometimes you just get a full energy tank, yeah. and so you kind of get the best of both worlds. Yeah. Do you always have to collect like multiples of a thing to get the upgrade, or are there some where you just get it raw? There for the health and like stat ones, that's the case. But then you can get like really good upgrades just right away. Mm. But uh, for health and all that, it's usually like three. Gotcha. Sometimes you can like buy some, which is nice. You'll find one and you'll go back and you're like, oh, I can buy another one really quick. So you'll get like yeah. some in quick succession. Um, yeah, and the story's cool, man. I want to talk about the story. This cat, like the game cold opens. This cat is like stealing something, and everyone is after her, and she like. Blows it up and it's like this, like spark crystal. Makes me think of Sly Cooper for some reason. Sly Cooper vibes for sure. Yeah. Just like some heist thing, uh, and your character Rayton, they call him Ray, has like a history with. Not a spoiler. There's like this other rabbit villain who was mm-hmm. revealed in the very very beginning. You know, this rabbit villain is all about like merging with machines. So it's about, like, Deus Ex. Deus Ex vibe. Like, he needs more power. Like, Merge of the Machines. And you learn about, like, you know, Ray's history and how the world has, like, turned since then. He's, like, an, he's like this old retired hero <laughs> vibe, you know, which I'm always a sucker for. Yeah. yeah. So it's about him trying to get the band back together again and, like, save the day. And there's just, like, cool history and also, like, cool events that go down. Man, it's... It's so important how, how like, a strong antagonist can just make or break something. Metroid Dread, very yeah. strong central antagonist. Yeah, Ray's cool, good voice acting, and just, you know, your standard, like, I don't want to do this, but we got to do it. You yeah. know, just, like, reluctant hero pulled back in. Uh, cliche, but like you were saying about Dread, too, yeah. is, like, a lot of story up front, and then, like, once in a while, you'll get a cutscene, mm. and that'll that was be actually awesome. Yeah. I was going to ask, yeah. Once in a while, so every time a cutscene goes down, you're like, oh, shit, cutscene, let's go. I actually feel really bad for people that are trying to design a Metroidvania game, especially if they're trying to build out an entire world and a brand new cast of characters like mm-hmm. it's doing in Fist, because you almost have to be light in the story. If you're if you're too heavy, I think you're getting yeah kind of away from the magic of those games that you're choosing to design. And so yeah. being able to fit in a story effectively is, I imagine, A, really, really hard to do and make it yeah. feel organic, but it sounds like they, they did that here, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I and think like, it just came out on PC, so yeah, I gotta, I gotta nice. buy that sucker. How much is it? Do I think you it was like thirty or thirty-five. Wow. I okay. spent. It was a little more than I thought it would be. I was like, oh, I think it's no. thirty. Yeah, I think. I was like, oh shit, I think Dread is sixty. Probably, yeah. 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 So Nintendo, Nintendo Metroid yeah, tax yeah. for sure. A lot of taxes going yeah, on there. A yeah. lot of taxes. A lot of taxes. <laughs> going this on is on like there. small scale, yeah. like 
they wanted us to review it. The only the only thing that like they would only give out codes if you promised a review. And mm. I was like, well, like we can't like guarantee it because there's so much going down. And I was like going out of town to Iceland. I was like so curious about it, but they were like, yo, reviews only, um, because they were yeah. so confident. They were mm. confident. The Metacritic is like eighty something. Oh, well, and like, I'm sure really, really confident about it. Just a brand new game that's trying to get attention. Exactly, have a pretty big impact. Yeah, so, yeah, I get that. So I was like, dude, I can't confirm. I'll just you know buy it and do a syndrome about it and talk about it on Frame Trap. Spread the word. Spread the word. Yeah, I'm sick as shit. <laughs> we talked about the um, the pitfalls of of being so close to something like a Metroid Dread, but on the other side of that, I was so pleased by Metroid Dread that I'm kind of hungry for more of that experience. And mm-hmm. so like. More of a good thing sounds yeah, really appealing. For right sure, now. I'm yeah. hoping Dread will bring more people into the fold of these yeah. kind of games. Yes. I've never played them before. Yes. For sure, yes, absolutely, absolutely, good stuff. Like Squid Game, getting people into Korean dramas. Finally, let's go. Did you watch Squid Game? I'm on episode like three. Okay, it's great. Yeah, I got uh, Haunting of Hill House spoiled. Spoiled though. Oh. Ooh, my least favorite spoiler of all time. When when people just say the episode number for the show that is the best. Oh, yeah. Everyone's I mean, like, it does this number out. episode. Like, there was an episode in Hill House. Everyone's like, that one. Say, uh, uh, God, I got it. I, got it. I will say me. nothing about Squid yeah. Game other than hard. I enjoyed it immensely. And, like, I was, like, crying at one point. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Oh, I already know when that's going down because the episode has been spoiled. <laughs> when Squid Game yeah. has been spoiled? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They no, you po- said Haunting of Hill House. Well, because it happened to me with Hill House. Mm. Oh, before I watch Hill House, I'm not. I everyone, didn't spoil it. No, for you, you did, did you? not. Okay. No, I'm saying everyone with Hill House was like, "Yo, that episode." Wait so till you get like, to hear. Wait till you get to hear. Yeah, wait yeah. till you get to hear. Wait till you get to this exact one. So then it's like, okay, well, I have no ownership of this episode anymore. Yeah. Now when I wa- begin that episode, I'm a passive. Well, I guess this is the one. You gotta, you gotta stay off social media. Twi- I have I realized now that Twitter is literally spoilers and complaints, and that's it. <laughs> People are praising and spoiling their shit that they're doing. That's it. That like do this, watch this, th- th- this thing. I'm gonna spoil it all. Yeah. Or I'm gonna complain about it. Why am I even here? Why am I even on this site, dude? You know, I was. I pretty, gotta just delete it. I was pretty mad when it happened. Yeah. Uh, and we've made a lot of jokes about it. But straight up, having my Twitter hacked was the best thing that happened yeah. to me this year. When no, I was in no hyperbole, dude. When I was in no Iceland hyperbole. with no Twitter, yeah. it was. My mental health went yeah, up so much. It, I stress out about like getting spoiled on Twitter. I get stressed out before I tweet yeah. something. Like when people respond, like it's so much mental damage. You just have this moment, and it what feels like I such a doing? basic moment, but it's true. You just have this moment where you like manage to wean yourself off of yeah. it for a while, and you're like. Oh, I guess the world isn't as shitty as yeah. it seemed. <laughs> yeah. But then it's like I love talking to some people. Right. You know? Right, right. And it's And it's like yes. I'm already closed off so much. It's like if I if I close myself off from Twitter, the only way you can communicate me would be on streams. And that's it, pretty much. Yeah. That's the only place I'm at is like Twitter and streams. Definitely. No, you're so, not you're not wrong, and that's a good point to bring up. You do tough. you do when in cutting it out, you cut away the good parts as exactly. well. Exactly. And so you kind of just have to make the personal decision. And, and yeah. for me it ended up being like there are really good parts, yeah. but there's so much bad there's that so like I, it's a net positive to yeah. be away from it. Because yeah. I can't be mad at spoilers, like Yeah. It's twenty twenty one. 
you can't play everything you were just talking about. You want to play New World. You can't like. But here's people why are it's playing so upsetting. Metroid. People are gonna like praise it and talk about the cool shit in Metroid yeah, as I've they seen some should. Videos that I wish I didn't see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and here's the thing. Yeah. It's like okay, I get it. Like I'm individually, I'm not really that mad at people. I know people are just trying to share, and I know they're yeah. just trying to they're be trying excited. to get hyped get on it. it. Yeah, I, I have empathy for it. Yeah. But think about how utter shit the world has been for the last two years yeah all right things have been rough there's a yeah. lot of reasons to be upset okay regardless of who you are yeah all we have are yeah. these stupid little entertainment I things know. so don't don't ruin don't, don't ruin, ruin those things too exactly. right like come on exactly like we need these things yes. more than ever right now talk about the thing just my number one request was spoilers the the one and only yeah don't Tell me the specific chapter or episode or moment. That's it's not that hard. Ow. Be like, yo, I really liked that part in Squid Game. You can say that part, and people yeah. that are watching it will probably know. Yeah. Like Well, the problem the problem with Squid Game stop it. is it's blown up to the point where it's kind of become the meta thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when that happens, it's, there's yeah. no hope. There's no hope. Yeah, there's I, mean, no I haven't hope. seen it, but I'm fully expecting to yeah. get spoiled on everything. I feel yeah. like I saw it right before yeah. that happened. Yeah. I was gone. But, I couldn't. Yeah. And now everybody's like, look at me play Squid Game and Roadblocks. And yeah, you're like, well, yeah. They, yeah, if you haven't seen it, you're yeah, fucked. Just, yeah. 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 yeah, if you... If you're worried about spoilers, you just can't go on social media. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Straight or up. even just websites. Straight <laughs> just, up. I mean, just fucking don't. All right. I yeah. straight up encourage you to get rid of your social media. Yeah. It's great. Um, yeah. But you know, whatever people. And to Play be fair, face. you know, I, I like when I when we see these things and we have these criticisms, right? We always get those comments of like, "Well, you spoiled this, or you talked about it that way." Totally. I am totally. not saying mm-hmm. like. I am some saint who's never done that. And there are I, definitely times where I've said things that I probably shouldn't, but I try, I try to be mindful Every of day I'm trying not to spoil things. Yeah. I try to, like, watch my, I, I, I'm vague. I try to be very vague mm-hmm. with yeah. my, my shit. So, yeah. it's a struggle. Yeah. We ain't perfect either. No. But. No. Yeah. Play Fist, though. I'm and Metroid. Saying, Play Fist and If you don't want to get spoiled, you got to stay off the internet. True. If you yeah. can. It's a 2021, you know? You're going to get spoiled. Yeah, people, like, they have a right to talk about it, I guess. So, yep. you know, you can't like fucking tell everyone else what to do, I guess. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Maybe, maybe I'm just like truly entering the old man phase of my life, but like, hell yeah. I really strongly think that like if, if social media just as a whole, like all of it, yeah, every single one of them just like went down, the world would be a better place. I think so. I think so. Maybe. I think yeah. so, dude. Maybe. Maybe. It's rough out there. <laughs> It's rough, <laughs> but I want to say we did say this. There's cool stuff on there too. Yeah, yeah. So, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I don't mean to, We're not to be wholly cynical. Yeah, I will say to bring it all back, it has been really nice seeing everyone praise Metroid and first timers. Hey, first time with the series, let's go! I that warms my heart. Hey, hey, I love that shit. This perfectly. I'm glad you brought <laughs> that up because this ties into everything that we've been saying. So. I was aggressive about not seeing any more Metroid, especially once I knew I was going to be reviewing it, that I was like, I don't even want to see that people like it, right? (laughs) And I didn't have Twitter, so that really helped. So, like, outside of, like, maybe some small examples, I really didn't know how people thought about it. Yeah. Uh, And I didn't have anything ruined for me. Yeah. And honestly, I think it made the experience that much more magical. I totally get that. To just be so... Because it was like... 
I am playing this and I am just falling in love and I think it's great. I'm not like hearing that it's great and then totally. waiting to meet that expectation. Totally. You know, if that makes sense. It's that's tough. the one benefit about that's one benefit about reviewing games. Yes. It's a blank slate. It is you a have blank no slate. Preconceived notions of what other people think usually. Yep. Uh, those narratives are written before you even push start half the time. Oh, there's <laughs> you know? There's yeah, we I think we'll get into that more. Like Deathloop getting tens for them. They had no expectations, mm-hmm. no preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, tens are on the board. Yeah, so yeah. people the entire are, fan, the expectations go up a lot. Like it's so different. Mm-hmm. It's so different. Mm-hmm. Deathloop was uh, really like whiplash for me because mm-hmm. there are definitely times I review games and I'm like, I could see somebody liking this like less than me. Like yeah. reviewing No More Heroes, I could be like, I could definitely see somebody not enjoying this as much as I do. I yeah. get it. Uh, with Deathloop. And this is not being disrespectful of their views or not accepting of their views. I totally do. I think completely different viewpoints are good and valid. Yeah. I'm just saying, when I saw the tens for Deathloop, I was like, huh? Like, I just couldn't see it in a yeah. way that I usually can. Yeah. Where I kind of have that immediate connection. I'm like, oh, I could see. I was just totally. like, no way. Like, not that I don't accept those reviews or I'm trying course, to, like, shit on those reviewers. I just, I just didn't you see didn't it. You didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't personally see yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, let's get let's get a little hot. Let's get into this. It's kind of hot and heavy. Um, it's hot funny because I heavy. came up with the sizzle, and now I, this happens to me as as the frame traps goes on. This happens with more regularity, where I'm like, "Did we already do this?" So we might have. I have that like weird deja vu feeling. Overcook it. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Throw it back on the grill. Yeah. yeah. But I thought this would be fun well to do <laughs> with you guys. Is I, I like talking about bands. Music is probably my mm. second favorite interest after video games. Mm. But I also really like talking about bands that just piss you off. Mm-hmm. So do you have any bands that are your least favorite or just aggravate you in some way? Or there's something about Taking them? care of business. Oh, yeah, that's like your least favorite That song, song pisses me off I, I every time I hear I can't even recall it. who sings that. Take, I don't even know. Uh, I don't want to know. That song... <laughs> Yeah, I can't even think of who does it that. Just it doesn't like uh, pissed is too strong. I don't get angry. I'm just like annoyed. It, I'm like, God, what is it like? Bachman Turner Overdrive. Mm. Yeah, I don't like that song at all. I don't like that song either. I'm at with all. Hard skip yeah. on that one. Uh, I think of like a lot of bands I get annoyed at just because of oversaturation. Totally. Yeah. Like sure. I don't like Red Hot Chili Peppers because I've heard them forever my entire life. And it's the same three songs on the radio. Yeah. Like, like nothing what is ag- that? Nothing against them or anything like that, but I'm just like, I'm sick of it kind yeah. of thing. Is it is it licensing or something? Any radio DJs out there, why do radio stations only play a, like three songs from a band here's forever why. Oh, here's why. and ever and over and over again? Yeah, here's why. Because just straight up, I would say, like, in a large, very general sense. I'm talking about, like, really, like, as mainstream and as big as possible. People don't deeply care about music. They just don't. Mm. It's it's why the music industry is the way that it is. They, but they love familiarity. It's why, like, something like McDonald's is so popular. It's it's not necessarily because it's, like, the best, but it's, like, so ingrained in your life. And so it's, like... Your brain does this trick that when you hear, if you if you're not like actively trying to listen to a lot of music all the time, yeah, 
it just turns this happy f- switch in your, yeah. in your brain where you're like, oh yeah, I've heard this We're and familiar. I like it. Yeah, it it, it appeases sure. that sense of familiarity. Sure. Yeah. Um, and to the point where. And we're all guilty of this. Like, I have this feeling, mm-hmm. too, in, in a way. Um, but, like, you you love, like, it's a thing of comfort, really, mm-hmm. is what it is. Yeah. But, like, I totally agree with you, oversaturation. Like, mm-hmm. I really enjoy Lord, but, like, never near, need to hear the song Royals ever mm-hmm. again. Oh, my God. I never need to hear yeah. it again. Yeah, yeah. I just and get I, tired of yeah. stuff, yeah. I feel like, a lot. Yeah. Like, even bands that, like, I think they're okay, you know? Yeah. Like, the Foo Fighters, I just hear them all the fucking time. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Like, I used to yeah. really not like Sublime growing up. Mm. And, like, we grew up in Orange County, and Sublime's, like, very Huntington Beach. So <laughs> it's been around for a long time for us. Mm-hmm. Very Huntington Beach. So I was, like, beach. very sick of it. But, like, as I've gotten older, I've just been, like, yeah, it's yeah. fine. Like, Things I just don't care around. as much. You know? I'm not as spiteful, I guess, as I would have been when like, I was younger. I like, agree. It so, fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah it was like cool that. to hate Creed and Nickelback. But now I'm just, like, whatever. Like, next station. Like... No strong. To counter that, opinions. I think it's easier to do because Creed and Nickelback are just so irrelevant. Like they just don't come up. <laughs> so it's like it's easy to be like cool yeah. if they're not around. Sure. But to to your point, I I also feel less spiteful. So for a long time I said Korn was my least favorite band. There's just something yeah. about them I couldn't I just didn't like and now I really like them. And it's actually yeah. kind of nice to have oh. that turnaround. Grumbomb. Our friend is big into Korn. Korn. Yeah. yeah, now now I I genuinely really like them and think they're I, uh, super talented. Yeah. Yeah, one of the most legendary nights of my life. I'll never forget it. I was just hanging out with my friend Grumbum, and uh, he's obsessed with corn. And I had never really heard corn. And we were cruising around. It was like summer night. And all of a sudden on the radio, he's like flipping through, and it's like corn, like going off, <laughs> but like a ver- like a live version mm. of it. We're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, insane. Song is over. Announcer comes on and he's like, "We're just getting started with the corn live set. Stay tuned." And for the next like ninety minutes, we just sat there listening to this corn live set. And from that point forward, I was like, "Yo, corn, lifetime, <laughs> lifetime respect forever." Yeah. There's two things about that story yeah. that make it extra funny. Yeah. The first is Grumbomb has to be the funniest name I've ever heard. Yeah. Every time you say yeah. Grumbomb, it sounds like because I don't know what Grumbomb looks like. It sounds like like I feel like we do that shit all the time. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like a forest creature that you like found. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I don't even it's a Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, Grumbomb. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly the vibe. Yeah. That is exactly the vibe. Yeah, it's like a fucking Pokemon. The other thing is. You have a great manner of speaking, and you say corn so acutely. <laughs> like, you really, it's just a very sharp. Corn. Yeah. yeah. It really, it really pops. Corn with a K. Yeah. yeah. You, you really, yeah. You really nail inside. that K. Yeah. yeah. And that makes it extra funny. <laughs> um, That's dope. Yeah. No, I, there's, there's a ton of answers that I'm sure... I will forget, but... Um, there's actually this song, actually, now that I think about it, there's this brand new song on the radio that's really getting under my skin that I don't like. Hmm. And it's super annoying because it's also on the classic rock station, mm. even though it's a brand new song. And I'm not... This is how it goes. This is really annoying. It's, this Maybe you've heard it. Begging, begging me, oh, begging... I know that, that song. song? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know it that song. It is playing on every station nonstop, and every time it comes on the DJs are like so pumped on it hyping it up and I'm just like that song is annoying <laughs> I 
it's great because I, I've just been able to like, – I, I use Apple Music pretty religiously, so I just don't listen to the radio. So yeah. I have no idea love what radio. is – I love it. I was the next me. I used to love the radio. Yeah, oh. definitely. Because there's so it. many stations, you can cycle around. Yeah. Sometimes you'll go through like 10, 15 minutes where it's just like trash everywhere. But we have the reliable, the old reliables, yeah. this classical station we might yeah. both listen to. If nice. you come up snake eyes, empty everywhere, yep. you just throw in some classical. 91.5. Yeah. It's and K-U-S-E. you're good. Or yeah. like 88.1 jazz. jazz. Yeah. yeah. It's hard, I think, because... Although I definitely have a strong appreciation for pop music, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of contemporaries that I like, I listened. I, I listened to a lot of like classic rock, a lot of like yeah. very hardcore metal, and it's just maybe those stations yeah. do exist, and I haven't found them. But satellite radio, yeah, um, I, I, satellite. There's a metal night on maybe Jack, like ninety three one. Mm. That guy comes on. He he brings you. But uh, is it like it's Jack like a, FM metal? No, no, it's a full on hour. He Every it's sponsored. He's like, this is sponsored by three seconds of Slayer, oh. and he does like three seconds of like, and then back to it. <laughs> he like jokes around about it. That's pretty. Funny. He's a cool dude. He's That's really he's like a, he's a comedian. He plays like real metal. Mm. Yeah. Real metal. I forget. I'll fi- I'll find out what's okay. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm yeah. intrigued. I'll, I'll always yeah, take yeah. more metal. Yeah. Uh, this sizzle is brought to you. You know, you guys did such a good job with that. That even if we've done it before, I think it still felt fresh. So shout out to you. Uh, and shout out to these wonderful shout out to your patrons. We have a lot of podcasts, as you are probably aware. If you want to be shouted out on all of our various podcasts, go to patreon.com slash easy allies where you can find more information for this in honor of how good Metroid Dread is. Uh, Hell yeah. I don't even want you to say shout out. I just want you to picture a real or imagined Metroid creature and make a sound. Make an alien sound. Not now. Not now. After I get done oh, with okay, the names. Okay. After I get done with the names. Shout out to El Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, and Nick. Yeah. I don't know. They sound something kind of like that, I guess. The music in Metroid Dread, also very good. All right, let's talk about a game. There's one song in Fist that is a 10. Oh. Good soundtrack overall, but one I thought song. You, were, I, 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 you yeah. were framing that like there's one only, song, one, only one song. A lot of good songs. Yeah. Okay. One of them, I was like, yo, <laughs> yeah. put this on repeat. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, let's talk about Far Cry 6, uh, which <laughs> I have finished. Huber, how far are you? Uh, Like seven hours. Okay. Six, so seven hours. You're a decent way in. Good chunk, good yeah, chunk. Yeah, good, ch- good chunk is a good way yeah, to frame it. good chunk. So this is a game that... Rank like six or seven. Okay. Rank. Nice. Yeah. Um, where I did the preview of it, and I walked out feeling pretty lukewarm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so funny because after finishing the game and reviewing it, I feel like all of those lukewarm things that I felt are still true, mm-hmm. but... I also had a really good time, and this is this is this is a weird game for me. I think there's a lot to complain about, and there's a lot that I don't like, but I think the good outweighs the bad, and it it seems to have a stronger identity and a stronger voice than Far Cry Five ever did. hundred percent agree, uh, and that that did a lot for me. Yeah, I'm really liking it, Ben. You and I have for a decade now talked about you know. Innovation versus refinement. Yes, this this is that exactly. Yes, this yes. is that exactly. Yes, and 
you if you've played Far Cry, you know, you know exactly yes what this game is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing for me though is Danny, the characters, the world, just the presentation overall is really smooth. Right. It's really warm, inviting. Like obviously this is like a freaking revolution and like crazy subject matter, but like there's something smooth and and clean about Far Cry 6 that I really, really like. The overall yes. presentation is classy. I think that is so well said. Um, so I, I think it's good to compare it to Far Cry 5 because I think it mm-hmm. highlights what Far Cry 6 does well. The presentation in Far Cry 5, the story felt like water and the gameplay felt like oil, where I would have these moments, like just being randomly attacked by things, and it would be mm-hmm. kind of goofy and fun and wild, and you do this big, crazy race... But then you'd, like, get these super edgy, like, kind of cringy monologues from these cult leaders. And it just didn't it didn't mix. It felt like just two entirely separate dishes. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Far Cry 6, it what I like is it is very serious. And yeah. it is not afraid to tackle real issues. And I do feel like it adequately goes in on them. Totally. But... It also is very aware of the type of game that it is, is aware of the type of things that it's asking you to do, mm-hmm. and contextualizes it with characters that, thank God, know how to have a good time. Yeah. Like... I really like the characters, Ben. Yeah, I and love I, Yeah. Far Cry 5 is my least favorite narrative in gaming. Period. I've said that multiple times. Yeah, it's kind of painful. And I can still say it today. Yeah, it is rock bottom for me. Number (laughs) one worst narrative ever. Uh, And I really like these characters in six. Last night I was on a boat ride with uh, I forget her name. The left side of the map, that crew. It's like the family. The guy's got like the cowboy hat. Yes. Oh god. The Medinos or something. And I'm like taking a boat I think it's ride. Maxima, something like that. Something like Montero. Montero, yeah, I think yeah, that's right. There we go. So I'm like with her, and she's just talking about like kind of the bureaucracy, not the bureaucracy, but like sometimes like things are slow moving. Yeah. And she's like, I just want to like, we gotta go in there and we gotta fucking kill them all. Yeah. We'll find him, and like, what if we don't find him? She's the like, sword. She's like, then we'll just kill more. And she's like, she's like, are you with me? And right. Danny's like. Yeah, I'm with you. She's like, all right, good answer. Like, right. let's do this. Okay. <laughs> it was just, yeah, yeah you're, you're bringing up a lot of good points yeah. there because you, you talk about that character and, like, how ruthless she is. Yeah. But unlike Far Cry 5, I feel like that ruthlessness is kind of very well contextualized. Yeah. Where it's like, when you see her act that way, you're not like, okay, you're a badass. It's yeah. like, oh, I get it. Like, I, I have she adequately seen... fire. Yeah. I've seen what... They've done how they've abused you and why you would have that type of reaction to what's going yes, on. Yes, Ben. Yeah. Yes. And w- it's great because you'll have these like really terrible moments. Like something something will happen and it'll be tragic or it'll be brutal or, or whatever. But then you'll also have these moments where like you'll successfully complete a mission mm-hmm. and everybody's like, let's just get super drunk. And they go and they party. Yeah. And so it manages to create this world where you can have these crazy things like the street fighter cockfighting happening yeah. or like, you know, the, the, this, this, guapo. this, guapo, this, this crocodile with this golden tooth and it kind like, sweater. it, it cool. all yeah. like is, is kind of blended together where it's like all of these different vibes make yeah. sense totally. and, and have a, have a, have a place. And I feel like are equally leaned mm. on. And you mentioned Danny and I, she's holy really shit. cool. She's so cool. 
probably maybe maybe the best thing in this game. It's hard to say, but is that the player character? Is yeah. that the player character? You can do has agency, and so to go back to other Far Cries, you were just so passive in other Far Cry games mm-hmm. that it would just be like you'd have these really passionate people be like. I'm just gonna spew my ideology at you. Yes, and you just be <laughs> five. You just be, I'm gonna vomit on you. You just be a receptacle for this, this yeah, preaching. Four. And you wouldn't. You wouldn't. There would be no pushback. There would be no conversation. There would be no tension. It would just be like it. It basically felt like you were reading a book. Yeah. Whereas in Far Cry Six, Danny pushes back. Yeah. She has her own beliefs. She does not just be like, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do this, and here's why I'm going to do this. She's wry. She has a sense of humor. She's really cool. Yes, she's super, super cool, and that makes everything come together and feel more believable because you're, you're like... She's saying how you feel. Yeah. Mm. And, like and, when What's-Her-Face yeah. is like, we're going to kill more and more, and he's just like... All right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I'm down. It yeah. just, I was like unexpected. Yeah. She calls people she, out of their bullshit. Yeah, yeah. When she drinks or when like you're, you're drinking, there's just a shot. Everyone's all drunk. And then the camera just like falls. Yeah. So you actually <laughs> so see your character. A lot. Yeah. So okay. you see yeah. your character a lot in the cutscenes, And then there are in the bases that like, you'll go to where you'll be yeah. in third person. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's, that's kind of cool for a number of reasons. Again, it, it makes Danny like a very visible presence like mm-hmm. we talked about. But also progression entirely comes through gear. And what's cool about the gear is you can mix and match it for all the different parts. Uh, and some of it looks pretty outlandish and like pretty cool. And so like it's exciting to get thing on your back. Yeah. Ooh, Supremo. Yeah. Cool. And what's neat is that even with the extra step of you can transmog all that stuff. So mm-hmm. if you want the stats of something, but you like the look of something mm-hmm. else, you can change that per part mm-hmm. that you have equipped. I will say Ubisoft games lately for the last long time have been like, <laughs> The most zone out, autopilot, easy games. Yeah. But then just moments of like pure frustration for no reason on the game's fault. Not because of difficulty, but it's just like, just I think of Assassin's Creed, I'll like try to get somewhere. And all of a sudden it'll just be like 30 minutes will have gone by and I will have gotten like nothing done. And like that happened to me last night in Far Cry 6 where like I had to like steal a car and like take it. I know exactly what you're I talking about. I had to steal about. a car and take it to a place, and I, like, stole the car and then, like, took it right to the place, but then, like, someone started shooting, <laughs> and then all hell broke loose, and yeah. then this fucking helicopter comes, and my Supremo is out, so I, like, cannot deal with this helicopter, and it's, like, chasing me all around. I'm not even kidding, dude. Like, 40 minutes go by... And then I finally just am like, dude, just kill me and redo it. Yeah. And then I had to like start all the way back. I had to mm. steal the thing again. So just like weird inconsistencies like that. That's Overall, such a good word for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it happened in Valhalla. It's happened in Odyssey. Just like weird, annoying moments that have nothing to do with difficulty, but of just yeah. like the game getting in the way of itself. Because I, it, they're 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 known like the the Ubisoft formula is known for just like. Being as easy and accessible as possible, you know, you go, it's telling you where to go, it's never too hard, it's telling you exactly what to do, you're on autopilot for so much of it, but then sometimes you'll just, like, get tripped up. Um, yeah. I played, so I played Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah. I remember zoning out a lot. Yep. At a lot of spots. Yeah. Because, like, there's just you know, much. there's, like, the castle raids, you do a yeah. lot, you know, there's the churches that are, like, super boring yeah. shit that yeah. just gets old fast. Yeah. Is there stuff like that in this game? Of course. So, 
Yes, I will say it's a little less zone anti than what I've okay. experienced Valhalla, but I, that requires some elaboration. So mm-hmm. you said a perfect word, and that is inconsistency. Yeah. So when we're talking about the ground soldiers, okay, I swear so to God, dumb. this ha- this has to be some of the dumbest AI so I can remember You're seeing in the game. Right and I just you. got, I just got, like, <laughs> I lost her. Hey, where'd no, she go? No. You're right there. I. You're looking right at me. <laughs> it's it is so bad that the best way that I can sum it up, and this is this is not me being like, oh, I'm such a good. It has nothing to do no. with that. It's not me. This is not a brag. No, they might as well be standing there without weapons. I agree. It is the same level of challenge. Like they they are just sitting there waiting. Yeah. And what what is crazy is you will shoot somebody in broad daylight. And they'll go and they'll investigate, and then they just stand there just waiting stand to die. It doesn't make any sense. And so the reason why I bring in consistency is you have that, right, with a lot of the foot soldiers, but then you get a helicopter, and you're like, Jesus Christ, this thing is such a fucking pain you in the came, ass to bring down. Yeah. <laughs> you, with no Supremo and no yeah, rocket, need, I was like, how, like, yeah. shooting this thing a hundred times, dude. Right. And so there there are very easy counters, so you do get of launchers eventually, and yeah. then, like, your rocket Supremo is very good at bringing yeah. it down. And you can combine that with other things to make your supreme charges happen more frequently. So there yeah. are counters, but it is this like weird, so weird kind of push and pull with enemies where you have something where it's like you could delete these enemies and it would be just as challenging as it would be if they were here. Mm-hmm. And then you have kind of those frustrating moments like you're talking about. The thing that I will say in Far Cry 6's defense is it does seem to... Be aware, or it seems like the developers were aware of this, at least on some level, or at least that's the read that I have, because you will do a lot of missions, and some are better than others. I definitely think this game drags out a little bit too much, where... What a surprise. Yes. it. There will be some twist in the objective, mm-hmm. like whether you have to defend something or just be aware of something. Uh, like, it'll make you kind of consider things, or it'll just throw so much at mm-hmm. you that it'll kind of be tense and exciting on its own. Yeah. Like, there'll be something to consider that elevates kind of the substandard elements. It feels like the culmination of Far Cry. It does, It yeah. feels like this should be the last one of this type. Yes, it feels like they have gone as far this as they possibly ex- can. Like, please change it up after this one. You know, they bring the flamethrower back and the flaming destruction, yeah. you know, Far yeah. Cry 2 vibes of just, yeah. like, going in, burning crops, mm-hmm. buildings catching fire. And it, I, I say this in the review, but it does have that benefit of taking a situation and then just throwing a small little touch on there to be like a little bit more absurd or more chaotic yeah. and more fun. So you talk about burning the fields, right? Yeah. There are these enemies walking around with backpacks and if you light them on fire, they just like explode like a cherry bomb Sick. in a way that's just fun. Yeah. Like it, it's like this didn't need to be here. Like going and creating these fires is kind of fun on its own, yeah. but you have these like other little things that just accentuate it mm. yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So it sounds like it strikes a better balance of the goofy and yeah. serious. Because totally. New Dawn was like leaning towards that. Mm-hmm. After five, it was like more goofy. Mm-hmm. They had, like, the buzzsaw guns and stuff. Sure, yeah. So I really like the tone of Six. I really, really do. It gets, obviously, yeah. every time uh, Giancarlo Esposito's on screen, it's, like, so serious, so intense. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, they have really light moments. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the first guys you rescue who, ha- who has the guapo, the gator. Yeah, Juan. Juan, yeah. he's just Yeah, that's a hard so thing to do. Fun. Yeah. Fun character to be around. Anytime he shows up, I'm like, all right, I'm into this. One is, uh, and I, I highlight him in the, the review script, nice. but one is such a good example because he's very funny yeah. in that, like, kind of 
almost awkward kind of dad way, yeah. but he's just so endearing that you love him immediately. His like lessons or rules, he's got yeah. them all. Yeah. He's got some puns that he'll yeah. throw out there. Yeah, the other thing about Juan, though, is like that isn't where his character stops. He's not just this goofy, silly Far Cry joke dispenser. Mm-hmm. Like, he really adds a lot to the story, and there's there's more going on with him that you kind of uncover yeah. that is, uh, I, I think, it, it, it makes him more than just somebody you chuckle at. Yeah, mm. the story is so much easier to get invested in because it's like you're fighting for these people's home, uh-huh. you know? In five, it's like you're the sheriff or whatever, and right. like the cult takes over. Or four, you're like a tourist to the place. It's yeah. like so much easier to rally behind these oppressed people. Yes, that like I'm willing to buy in, and because they take it, like they have the the lighter moments. Like right. it's just a lot. Well, you're not an outsider, and you're this, not. Right? Yeah, you're not. An, I think that's actually a huge part. Yeah, of it. and it's a huge part. To and talk Danny's about voiced as well, obviously. Uh, the the liberation. There there are two aspects I think that make the struggle so investing. And the first mm-hmm. is that I love that there is this awareness of this revolution isn't going to fix everything, mm-hmm. and that we know what we need to do. We know we need to end this person's reign, but that doesn't mean we suddenly have everything figured out. Yeah. And you know they talk about the legends of sixty seven. It's like we've been here before. We've done this, and look what happened. Mm-hmm. There is there is it's it's not this idyllic crusade there's there's yeah. some realness in the perspective that i really admire yeah um and the other thing is it's not like everybody is around the same person yeah you we, part of your objective is you go you're part of this group called libertad and you go and people be like i fucking hate libertad like yeah. we want to accomplish the same thing but we Only don't want to do it with you guys mm. yeah and i also think that that is really believable and realistic as well where you have people that should be aligned but aren't for a number of reasons or don't totally. like each other or have different methods for getting to the same point. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I do want to talk about refinement versus innovation. Innovation. Yeah. I really want to talk about this because a lot of articles I've seen are like really blasting this game for just being the same mm. damn thing. Yeah. And... On one hand, you know, when I get my Assassin's Creed or even my Far Cry, like, it's a warm blanket. Sure. It's so comforting. Like, there were so many times when I was playing. I was just playing the other night, and it's like, there were so many times when I just got so into that rhythm yeah. of taking out quests, like, finding some treasure, you know, just just nailing it. Really good rhythm. But then there's other parts of me that are like... Man, these missions, a lot of these missions are so forgettable. Like, if you just trimmed a lot of this and really made your missions impactful and memorable, like, you could do so much more. You could, like, take more risks, take chances. You're fucking one of the biggest video game companies on the planet. You have more resources than 97% of other video game companies, like, and you're doing the same thing every time. It's it's so funny. So it's like I'm so torn. I'm so torn I, because I love the routine and the blanket, but yeah, I want to put a pause on this because yeah. this is actually exactly what the hotaki is Great. about. But um, talking about that refinement versus innovation, I think that criticism is totally valid. But yeah, I think what I was frustrated by by a lot of the criticism, and I think this kind of speaks to the current age of information that we live in, mm-hmm. is 
I absolutely think complaining that it's more Far Cry or that like they could go farther, like you said, I, I, there's absolutely truth to that. The problem that I have is the dismissiveness with which that criticism is happening, where it's like, yes, that is valid, but if you're going to rail on that stuff so much, you also have to have the capacity to recognize some of the good things that this game is doing. Yeah, And there is there is this smarminess almost yeah, where, it's, where it's just like oh this they've done it again i've already yeah. been there and it's just like i get that and i get that way sometimes too yeah. but like this game has had more effort put into it than totally. you are giving it credit for totally. and you you have to like have the empathy to to be open to seeing mm-hmm. the good that is there and i think that that is that is what is so mm-hmm. immensely frustrating about a lot of this because yeah. I when you when you go like I do think they could push some of these missions further I agree yeah. but there are also a lot of times yeah. where I'm just genuinely having a good time totally. like I, I really have to give credit to the world design because I would be going to you know clear another outpost or on my way to a mission and I would see that there would be a chest for me to open yeah and I would go, and rather than just going and opening up the chest, it would be like a little puzzle where it's like, yeah. oh, I have to climb up the roof and like that figure out a way to get there. And, you know, it's not, like, revolutionary yeah. or anything, but it's like, oh, like, you put some effort into making this fun. Absolutely. You know, and so when I finally get there and I get that yeah. reward, it's pretty cool. And they build their games around appealing to everyone, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And, mm-hmm. the, yeah. like, my argument is, you know, if you're appealing to everyone, you're appealing to no one. Yeah. Like, that, like, it's easy to lose your identity with these games. Like, Assassin's Creed just drags on and on and on and on, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, this is a game Best for one. A, lot of, a lot of different types mm-hmm. of gamers are on board for this. So mm-hmm. that yeah. also Some speaks. people just want that. Yeah. I do think, though, that there, there has to be some better middle ground. Like, yep. I, it's, like, laughable when I open up the yeah. options in Far I Cry know. 6. I know. And you're like, okay, so there are two difficulty options here. Yeah. One is called weird. action and one is called story. That I think weird. maybe Wait, we there's could. there's two difficulties? There's just two. <laughs> it's called action it's and like, story. It's like, let me crank this up with these dumb as I, dirt I, I was going to ask you about that because yeah. AI was so bad. Right. And so, like. the hardest and it's atrocious. If, there was, if there was some granularity there mm-hmm. or, like, if there was a way to just customize your experience a little bit more, yeah. I think a lot of my complaints would be uh, lessened at the very least. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but. This is a really good conversation, and I, I, I'm almost bummed that I have to do this. But if I don't do this, we're not going to have anything to talk about for the Otake. But I, I will reframe this question, and we'll sure. get back into it. So Excellent. let's let's take a breather and talk about Aragami 2. Uh, Huber, I think you brought the first one to Frame Trap not that long ago. I didn't get the chance to play number two. Uh, no, but I'm just, sorry. I'm just saying that you brought the first one. You really liked it. Yeah. Um, Brad. Brad. No, nice. I'm not talking about that. No. I, I, this is on okay. me. I told you maybe we would get the chance to play, but we didn't oh, play. Oh, yeah, I didn't know about we this. We ended up playing more Back for Blood instead. Okay. All yes. right. I, I want to play it, though. I apologize. We This was brought up in the Slack conversation, yeah. so yeah. I thought I it said maybe. I said I didn't know if you check <laughs> If you check the tape, there's Sorry. a maybe on there. Check the tape. I will check the tape. Check the tape. Check the tape I'll right now live. Check the yeah. tape right now. Check the tape right now, maybe. Shit, I want to see There is a maybe, but then there was a not maybe as well. Really? Yeah. So, oh. <clears throat> October 8th, 1235 okay. p.m. Here we go. Here we go. Ben the Moore. Seats. What do you guys want to talk about on Frame Trap? Okay. Michael Huber. Fist, Far Cry 6, Back for Blood. And this is where your maybe comes in. Now, hold on. The story's not done. Okay. We've okay. got to read the story. Okay. And Huber says, and maybe we could squeeze in some origami too at Bradbot. Uh, Brad says, Metroid, 
New World, and Origami 2. Do I, do I delete it, oh. though, or edit it? Oh, you're right. I did. I screwed up. That was my fault. It's okay. I'm I not totally mad. forgot about that. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. <laughs> I definitely... Okay, now I do it's remember all good. this. It's just a simple mistake. <laughs> yeah. Tell you what, next time we come funny. back, yeah, we'll next bring time. it. All right. Because we want to freaking play that game. All right, I do so want to play it. I do want to play it really bad. Put that in the cooker. Uh, Sorry. Let me, no, no, yeah. no, 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 it's okay. Let me cross off Origami 2. It's all right. It's all right. Cross we'll we'll all. just move on to a game that you guys That's have been playing. That's one of my favorite expressions of killing someone. Yeah, we crossed him off. Nothing is nothing is funnier than the blood skip and how skip. purely that happened. Uh, skip. I, I, I wish I could remember what game it was. <laughs> me too. Oh, man. It was I, 100% an anime game. Was that? Yeah, I was, I was offended, sure. though. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was offended. <laughs> I was like, blood, don't you dare. Like, was it Danganronpa 2 or something? No. It couldn't have been that. I don't... Fuck, I really wish I could I remember wish. what it was. It probably was some weird anime it game. It was yeah. some weird but anime game. But you were kind of <laughs> curious about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a Senran Kagura, maybe? It was... I don't know. I really don't remember. <laughs> it, I can I can say absolutely that it was an anime yeah, game. Weird. Might have been Senran Kagura, but I was like, no, absolutely blood. Like, yeah. All right, anyway, let's talk about Back for Blood. Hell I am yeah. so bummed because... And you know what? This is such a fucking first world complaint. I shouldn't even say this. Because like you guys were playing Back for Blood, and I was like, yeah. I should be there. I should be with them. I should be playing. Yeah. I've got to get these other games done. Totally. Uh, which I realize is the most privileged thing mm-hmm. anybody could ever say. Yeah. And so I immediately feel bad about that. But tell me shit. about Back for Blood. Back for Blood has its claws in me. Yeah, nice. in. I am getting really, really into it. it I really like it. I got I to gotta call out. People that I saw because after playing the beta, you know, we had a positive impression on it, and yeah. people were like, "No, it's no, it's nowhere near as good as Left 4 Dead," and it just was like very angry. I don't know, and what I was like, that "I don't know, man." Is. I had a pretty yeah. good time. <laughs> I don't know what like, it's the same studio. Why? Like, do, why do you think people are addicted to anger? I don't know. <laughs> you why know, do you think that is? I don't know. It's question. like they were there. Let some joy into it. I honestly life. think it's it's. I was, I was talking about Twitter about it. it's just like bragging. Like, look what I'm playing. Yeah. I have ownership of it. Yeah. I feel like it's this play of like, well, I was there from the beginning with yeah. Left for Dead, and now yeah. all these new people are coming in with Back for Blood, and like, I have ownership. Like. I played Left 4 Dead, so, like, yeah. it's better. But the thing is, is, like, they're the only people that think they're cool. Yeah. They just, like, they have no self-awareness exactly. how annoying. Exactly. Yeah. Left 4 Dead is cool. Yeah. Back for Blood is cool. Yeah. Like, like I don't understand the, the problem. Is, like, they can I, coexist. And to, to laser in on what I'm talking about, I'm yeah. not saying you can't be critical of Back 4 Blood or, or yeah. not having complaints or that it's, like, some flaw of this game. Yeah. But, again, that, like... That that smarminess, that dismissiveness, yeah. that extra layer is what makes it annoying totally. and not really all that helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. So I will say early on, there's a learning curve. And I think people maybe it's hard, are, yeah. I think people are maybe complaining too early on of like they expect to just hop in, get their weapons, left for dead, let's go. You know, and it's a little slower paced. There's the whole card system, you know, you got to build your deck. Like that stuff has really started to come into its own for me. So that's that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to talk about and where really when we played like the beta, that was it was something where I was like this seems really neat. I yeah. haven't been able to put enough time to say that resolutely, I, but I like it. I really really like it. Cool. Um part of that is because I've built a shotgun deck. <laughs> so my entire deck is built around a shotgun. What's cool is the order of your cards that you have are the order of the draw. Okay? Mm. 
So you stack your cards in the order that, that you, you want. want. So you want some like late game shit. I have one that's like you get an extra life at the very end. So it's like, yo, maybe by the time I'm at the end of a run, I'll need that life. Um, I start out with like stamina and shotgun damage. But just building an entire deck around shotgun and grenades is fucking awesome. It just like has changed the way I engage with it. And then like last night I was messing around with a melee deck. Yeah. You know, and I just started stacking stamina and melee, and I was just like going, like, boom, 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 <laughs> just like unlimited melee, destroying enemies. There was like 50% melee damage buff, like all these really cool ways to build your deck. And the gear is really cool because you never really know what you're going to get. So you like, it's pretty easy, you know, if you're, you're a shotgun player, it's like, okay, well, I, I know I'm going to get like a shotgun. I can really. Yeah focus on a shotgun but there's no guarantee of you know what shotgun you're gonna get the rarity of it once you put your attachments on a gun they do not carry over so Mm. if you have a gray shotgun and you put your attachments on it and then you find a green one with no attachments like well maybe i'll trade up here and start building on that so there's a lot of these really meaningful decisions and easy snappy yeah quick quick you're never bogged down of like Shit, do I do this? What do I do? It's like, dude, the higher color, let's go. It's all pretty yeah. quick. Yeah, it's usually. all so fast. And the downtime is the best because it's right at the beginning of a level. Everyone is in their safe house. It's when you can shop, do your things. It's when usually characters are talking to each other about the lore. They're all really cozy. Like, I love the moment before a level when you're in the safe house. It is magical. It's so nice and intuitive. Everyone does their thing, and then you set out, mm-hmm. and that's it. Um, that all sounds awesome. Just the, the natural question that I have talking about, like you kind of finding your build and really Mm -hmm. falling in love with it is something I liked in the early game of back for blood is how challenging it was in a way that felt super appropriate where it's like, Oh man, I've played a lot of left for dead, but even with that experience and just playing a lot of shooters in general, I feel like if I get distracted for a second yeah. or I'm not really thinking about what I'm doing. Like we're, we're done. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. done so mm-hmm. right. It really just demanded a, a strict level of coordination. So I would hope that like you don't kind of stumble upon this build that eliminates that. No, this game is brutal on recruit. We were dying. Mm-hmm. There's two other higher difficulties. I played a little bit of the medium difficulty and it was nuts. Mm. Absolutely nuts, which yeah. leads me to my one Big complaint about Back 4 Blood. This is a four-player video game. Yes. Anything less, don't even bother. Don't even bother with bots. It can be even tough with strangers because they're taking all the shit. It's hard to communicate. People are running off. Like, for better or worse... You need like three friends to play this game, and I think being on Game Pass helps. Is is honestly like ne- necessary mm. because like fine, like you know this is our job, and like dude, we played Aliens Fire Team once. We're like the biggest Alien fans possible, mm-hmm. you know. This game, like Brad and I have played a couple times. Like we played with Jones once. Like we have not even really got four players other than the stream. Mm-hmm. Like, and that I, is I don't mean so to be cruel hard. to aliens, but like you could kind of, in a good way, yeah. kind of, you can turn your brain off and like go sure. through aliens. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. 
Uh, but it's just, yeah, it's in today's day and age, it's like so hard to find time where four people can all play the same game at the same exact time. It's just yeah. tough. And like, that's not the game's fault, but like, this is a multiplayer game and you need friends, you need people if you, especially, especially on medium and higher. Like, I do think it is kind of the game's fault in a way. And, and what yeah. I'll say is, I, I think that type of experience is, yeah. um, Good, right? Because we talk about that sometimes, where mm-hmm. it's like sometimes it's nice to to have a game that is demanding like mm-hmm. that and how rewarding it can be. But mm-hmm. I think if you're going to do that in a multiplayer sense, yeah, especially in this day and age, you need to be as accommodating as possible. And so it's yeah. frustrating when there is no local co-op. It just doesn't exist. So that's just yep. another option yep. that isn't there. I don't. Is there cross-platform? There's cross-play. Yes, thank God. Okay. There's a solo mode which disables progression mm. and stats weirdly, hmm. but you can play instead with bots and then people can join in okay. the problem was like last night you know we're in the early early launch basically we're in the soft launch of this game the problem is last night ben i'm like halfway through act three the the fourth act is one final level so i'm really close to the end cool um the problem was i wanted to play a specific level because i want to get through the game so i'm like queuing up for you know one of the later levels yeah it just won't start. Yeah. It's like searching for people. And it's like, well, put me in the game with the bots at least. Sure. And then have people join. It wouldn't even do that. It won't enter the game with bots until it like finds people. The reservation that I have with that is the game isn't out yet. So yeah. I imagine yes. that yeah. that'll be yeah. of course, of easier course. to handle once But it at is, least but... let me like force start it. Like yeah. that should be a I quality of com- life improvement. Yeah, I get I definitely yeah. get the complaint that you're you're trying to go for there. And I do yeah. think it is in this type of game, like I was saying, really trying to provide yeah. every avenue that you can totally. to make that process easier yeah. is, is valid for yeah. sure. Um, uh, overall, though, really good levels, really good yeah. encounters, really good enemies. I have a few concerns with it, sure, especially the multiplayer. Like we we played some of the multiplayer. At a I was actually event, I wanted to bring up the multiplayer, and it was okay. Yeah, you know, I wasn't like I don't, I'm not gonna really play it again though. Like the main attraction for me is oh, going the through swarm this, mode. Yeah, it's going through like the stages or whatever. Yeah. Like, and I don't think the multiplayer is like that, how it was in Left 4 Dead. No, Two they're going like, later you, for sure. Okay, yeah. We're yeah. Going through the campaign, having like yeah. players play as the other guys is really it's cool. Mm-hmm. And it's a bummer that it's not there. For sure. I also, this is like a double-edged kind of thing for me, but I do like the aspect of the other Left 4 Dead is you could be thrown in and play the hardest difficulty and yeah. be able to get through it if you're good enough. I don't know. I'm sure some people are going to do, but it seems like much more it's built around like you need a higher, better cards to do this. I feel sure. like you should go through easy like once maybe before yeah. you get to hard I'm not because sure, now though. i have my shotgun deck and i'm ready to tackle that anything. kind of reminds me of like a vermintide mm. has yeah. a similar sort of yeah, yeah. It's, it's really like much wants, more focused on progression yeah sure. it wants you to go through once to really get your feet wet i feel mm. like on on regular yeah. like and i i could see that pissing off some left for mm. dead faithful yeah. you know yeah. but i mean if they're, if they're so. hardcore and they want it hop right in no yeah, one's you stopping probably them. do it yeah i'm sure people will be able to do it yeah um Technically, I think there were some concerns around Back for Blood, just just bugs and glitches and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. How how is it's that? It's running been? pretty well. I've had like a few like I don't have the best computer though, so mm-hmm. I, it could be just me. It was like yeah. some teleportation things going some on. Some teleportation, like framey once in a while, very couldn't rarely. like me and Hubert. Are you playing? I'm on Ultra PC. 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 Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we couldn't find. A game like the matchmaking wasn't yeah. working when we were trying to find people before the bots. Or somehow worse than Far Cry Six. AI. The bots are not good. 
They're getting I stuck. I see them get like stuck a lot. I got lot some good and, footage. I got yeah. some good footage. Wow. I got a bot just like standing on a bridge, just like. And it's it's like I don't expect a bot to be anywhere near as a player, right? Because like you know it's yeah. a bot, but, but it's below. It's that. just been like pretty yeah. pretty this bad a, a lot. This I'm is like, a four player game. Uh, the four other, players. The other question that I had is, I think Left 4 Dead did a remarkable job in a way that I I have not seen since of characterization mm-hmm. and kind of making the characters. Likeable just through their kind of little dialogue that they spout here and there, especially Left 4 Dead 2. I think mm-hmm. did a really good job of that. Um, how are the characters here? They seem okay, but I'm already getting a shit ton of repeat lines already. Yeah. Like, you should not be getting repeat lines until you've been through the campaign, like, two times, dude. Like, there should be enough dialogue here. I guess it depends on what the line is. If it's like, like I'm ho- dying, you know, that, that makes No, sense. just like... Hoffman will like say the same thing about his dad like all the <laughs> okay, time. I've heard that a lot, and I only yeah. play Hoffman. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like repeating so much, and it's like the thing they were hyping up was like, oh, there's eight characters, and like depending on the party, you know, they're gonna have different, different interactions. Part. Yeah, mm-hmm. which has been the case. Mm-hmm. Like once the doctor is in there, the doctor like called out the mission giver, which was cool. I was like, oh, some lore there. They have a connection. Like, yeah, but it seems. The story seems really disjointed so far. Mm. I definitely need to go through the whole game like at least two times. Like it's definitely built around like, yo, you got to go through it yeah. to get all yeah. of that. But I mean, it just ri- like from the from minute one, the game throws you right into it. It's everything's already established. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to play catch up. Like, who are these people? How did we become cleaners? Like, yeah, how, what is happening? So it's it's so funny because we opened this conversation being like Back for Blood is really yeah. fun. I don't know why people yeah. are so angry, and now yeah. I feel like that we're kind of on the other end of the conversation. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of substantial criticisms, and so like, is this a disappointment in a way? Like, it was was maybe my framing of it inaccurate mm-hmm. at the beginning? I don't think so. I'm having a damn good time. Criticisms aside, I think once the regular launch comes, uh, which is tonight. I think a lot of the matchmaking issues yeah, we'll will be subsided. Hopefully there's actually, like a day one yeah, patch. Right. Um, but I'm really liking the combat. And it, like once you're in the game, it's going really the levels, fun just to go through sure. and shoot zombies. It feels yeah. so good. I have not had this feeling since Left 4 Dead 2. And there's some nice objectives and levels. You know, it's not necessarily always just run from point A to point B. Sometimes you have to do something to get through another part, which the I later appreciate. acts have some incredible levels. There's a graveyard level that's like oh, careful. so foggy. And it's cool because if you're in the fog, you can't see your friend's HUD. So you don't know if they're alive. You don't know where they are. You're like slipping around. Really, yeah, really good variety. Yeah, we should talk about the modifiers. The corruption cards. Yeah. Um, so on regular difficulty recruit, there it's a limited pool. But the modifiers add a lot. Uh, they it can add armored enemies in there. They can add fog to the level. That One makes of them it, turned off like the power. In the so level. it's like pitch black everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, exploder enemies. So really cool. And that's the limited pool on the higher ones. I get crazy. Those, yeah, the corruption. Yeah, just like some act of randomness, I guess. Yeah, like different enemies spawn. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's something that Alien said Mm -hmm. that I thought worked to good effect. Um, And I just again, I really like the gear system because Mm. it's surprising every time. It's like you once you get your weapon and your shit, you feel good. You know, it's not just there's a gun I want, I got it. 
you know, which itself is its own thing, and that's cool. But there is something about every single run you do, yeah, uh, ha- and the new cards that are coming up have that randomness that make each run its own thing to give the game longer. I, I think the extra depth with the weapons is really yeah. appreciated in comparing yeah. it to something like Left totally. 4 Dead. And the melee um, is awesome, and the shotgun is fucking amazing. It's the best <laughs> shotgun of the year. Uh, best shotgun 2021. So the thing about the the real the the most important question is what makes Left for Dead one and two I think so remarkable is I've been playing these games for years, I've ne- I've never gotten sick of Left for Dead I really mm-hmm. haven't I've played a lot of them and it's it's a game that I feel like always kind of comes back around its yeah. way you know we were playing Left for Dead two not that long ago as a group, do you think this has the potential for that kind of longevity I absolutely do. Um... Uh, you know, we were saying this earlier, I want to see this game six months down the line, a year sure. from now. The post-launch support will be huge. It will live and die by that. They've already said, though, like, expect more cards and cleaners and skins. And it's like, that shit, like, a lot of that I don't need. The cleaners are not really defined. Mm. It's really just one extra stat, depending on who you choose, and a starting weapon that you change almost immediately. Sure. So it's really just one stat, uh, some of which are way better. Like, the guy Brad is just, like, does more damage and makes the team move better or something. It's, it's like, like 10% more damage. Yeah. 10% more damage. Something Versus, will... like, Hoffman gets, like, an extra grenade slot, but, like... Grenades are hard to find, so you don't even really need that extra slot. Yeah. But Something if- I will say in defense of that, though, is like a benefit of kind of these living games mm-hmm. is like Dead for by Daylight is adding a new survivor. And with that new survivor, they're adding a completely new type of perk mm-hmm. that, that allows you to interact mm-hmm. with the game in a way that you yeah. never quite had before. And so... You know, they could completely overhaul things and maybe make the addition of a new cleaner more significant yeah, down the yeah. line. It only takes one thing to change yeah, it at all. Because then the other guy is just like, oh, you know, you're you move faster, and the sure. other one is like, oh, you get a free heal. It's like right, right really now, it's kind of ins- yeah. insignificant. I get that because they don't want to make it, I guess, too overpowered. I guess one mm-hmm. character. Totally, I get why they did it. Yeah. Um, but it, I thought it like. It has the detriment of me not really caring about using any one. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, who's the one I like? I like this person. Yeah. Um, I wonder if, like, that'll seem more impactful at higher difficulties, though. Really I mixing and matching. Yeah. You're like, yeah, true. Because Hoffman does give the team 10% ammo. Yeah, it's, like, really hard for me to say until... On the highest levels. You play, like, the other call. levels to see great, how great point. it'll play out. Great point. Really stuff. like the levels. I wish I could spoil some more, but they're really good. Nice. And then you get to Act Three, and they throw some surprises at you, like, "Oh, you need this thing." I or can't. Like, oh, you need to do this. I can't wait to play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, October is the month for it. Yeah. Uh, and it is time for the Otake. Well. Is the moment in this podcast for the Otake, um, and. We definitely got into it before, and so I just want to expand upon the conversation a little bit um, because I've been thinking a lot about Far Cry 6 and kind of my response to it and how interesting I felt like my feelings changed and then just the the uh, changes in feelings or the response that I saw to the game overall, like a lot of dismissiveness that was in some ways kind of understandable. And then you kind of touched, you both touched on like Assassin's Creed Valhalla where... Uh, you know, I, I've seen not only internally a lot of complaints about that game from other allies, but also, you know, there are YouTube videos from fans that are massive Assassin's Creed people, and they're like, Valhalla is so disappointing. But then you look at the broader 
reception, and it's like this is the best selling yeah. series, best selling yeah, game yeah, yeah, yeah. in the series. And we kind of see this phenomenon over and over again. There is no lack of vitriol for Call of Duty every year, regardless of who's making it or what it is. Mm-hmm. There is a there yeah. is a yeah. vocal contingency of hate for Call of Duty every Everyone's single year. Pissed. Yeah, but then <laughs> it always ends up selling better than almost anything every single year. And so there is this market that is hungry that is rewarding these yearly releases. And so those people that complain buy it. Right. So that's part of kind of the conversation that I want to get into is that initial perception and how much of a bubble that perception really is Mm -hmm. and and how that conversation is being shaped and how much that conversation matters if the numbers really don't support it necessarily Mm -hmm. right like i don't think ubisoft would take this approach with game design if it didn't work Mm -hmm. hate is more impactful than praise someone says something hateful and it gets under people's skins they want to defend it they want to come in it bothers them you see praise it rolls right off you're like oh everyone loves it cool 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 but then someone talks shit and it riles people up. It gets it's the vocal minority, and it has staying power, you know. Uh, so I think that's part of it. Like all the praise can be thrown at Metroid Dread, but I feel like if someone talks shit on one key element, like that's going to be the focus. That's going to be the conversation, rather than all the praise. So I want to talk about Last that of Us Part Two. Hell of a game. We were only talking about one thing though. Yes. Okay, so now you're getting into another thing that I do want, because I think Last of Us 2 is a very interesting example, but your your hypothetical thing about Metroid Dread is, I feel like if somebody, and again, I'm speaking hypothetically, which has its limits in terms of discussion, but just for the sake of argument, um, let's say someone trashes on an element of Dread, Maybe somebody who hasn't played it is like, aha, I knew it. Mercury Steam couldn't make a good Metro game. I knew they would pull that type of shit. And maybe they haven't even played that type of game. And so do you think like, or they haven't even played Metroid Dread itself, but it's just feeding into assumption that they have. And I feel like social media kind of um, accelerates this problem. Totally. Where because you're just getting constantly bombarded with impressions, both positive and negative, you kind of feel like you've already experienced the thing out of hand. Yeah. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. And you can weaponize, like, anything. Like, Rotten Tomatoes, I feel like, is the number one, like, weaponized I think you're absolutely right. website on Earth to yeah. be like, look, it's the best, or, like, look, it's the worst, when yeah. really, if you dig deep into those numbers, a movie with 97% can technically be worse than a movie with 60 because those people gave the movie a 10, but a couple of people didn't like it, whereas the 97 has all, like, 2.5 out of 5. It's just, like, so misleading, but people can, like, bend and use numbers and takes and will just weaponize, like, anything. Like, uh, Back for Blood right now is getting a lot of shit because that solo mode Mm -hmm. gets rid of progression, so you have to be online. So now everyone is just using, like, always online, F you, blah, blah, and just, like, weaponizing one little thing Mm -hmm. to shit all over an entire game. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you brought up The Last of Us 2 and I think The Last of Us 2 is a good thing to bring up because that is kind of a conversation that has, has come and gone um, thank and th- god yes <laughs> now only the faithful remain thank well, god that's, that's kind of what the point that I want to get to where god. boy The Last of Us 2 release was like an unbearable moment it was truly like 
gaming culture at its most soul crushing. Soul crushingly well, it, it didn't help that those leaks came out. Right. The right. most damaging leaks in the history of the biz. There was a there was a lot going on, but the the I mean it's kind of akin to Star Wars and the amount of anger that that generated. Uh, but it was just it was just so hostile. You know, and and there was no like respect of differing opinions. It was really just people just one way or another just going for the throat. And it's so funny because now that feels like a distant memory. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I, I think it's almost like hard to conjure up the same anger in that for people in a way that they were very hot on before, which kind of leads to things. Because it like Game of Thrones did for him. It compl- a lot of a lot of Last of Us Day came around. Recently, the other the outbreak day, and a lot of people are just hard out now. Yeah, because like, oh, you killed it. It's done. The franchise is dead. It's a Game of Thrones style. They don't even care anymore. Mm. They were so hurt by part two that they've dismissed it, so well, they don't even want to take the time to be angry. It, I feel like that's where Star Wars is at right now, I, where no one even cares. I think you're right. I think you're right, and I I really can't get mad at people that are like, yeah, this just isn't for me. I'm out. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah, that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but. You know, the, the the fact that the anger was so intense and now seems almost non-existent leads me to believe that, that like, a, yeah, people, people were basing their opinions on something they hadn't really yeah. experienced exactly. or, or really not in the context gave of the, the benefit yeah. of the full context yeah. of. You know, it I'm not saying that so... if they had given it the context that they would have loved it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, it's just like, it was like, Jumping into a, a pool of lava, you mm-hmm. know, like willingly. They just they were so ready. Those leaks are devastating. Yeah, and like my review was framed where there wouldn't those leaks wouldn't have happened. So then the leak would have been a surprise. So it's like shit was NDA'd, but it's like everyone already knew at that point. So then it was like I was hiding something, but it's like no, right? You weren't supposed to know that that shit was leaked. Like. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I would be less annoyed about Last of Us 2 if I didn't find it to be such a truly phenomenal game that I had a wonderful experience of. But uh, circling back around to Far Cry, there's definitely this uh, ongoing narrative happening where it's just kind of a roll of the eyes and they're like, oh, it's another Far Cry. And what's interesting mm-hmm. is like that is not entirely untrue. Yeah. I, there, like I said, there is some truth to that. Mm-hmm. But there is also a lot in this game that surprised me. And so something that I didn't bring up in the earlier impressions is... I had no idea there was a prominent trans character in this game. And it's like, oh, whoa, this character is handled really well. And the struggle of their identity is there, but it's not the only feature that defines them. They have a lot going on. They have their own convictions that they they believe in and are being highlighted. And they're highlighting their relationship uh, in, a, in a believable way, I, I felt. And I was yeah. like, I really like this character. And I didn't expect that, right? Yeah. Um, and that that is something I almost never see in games. Yeah. And it's it's just so in a way it's soul crushing because I think it's so easy to jump on, oh, it's just another Far Cry it's game horrible. and mm-hmm. have that kind of drown out everything else where it's like, wait a minute, like we spend a lot of time, a lot of time talking about representation and how that could be better and how it should be better. Like if we're going to shit on it, we have to call out the good things, mm-hmm. too. I think there's two other factors at play here. One of those factors is we just had Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Mm. So there's this uh, exhaustion yes. already. Valhalla was really the, the, not the start, but it was really the climax of kind of this Ubisoft open world exhaustion where people are just 
fed up. Like, Odyssey already had that, and then now with Valhalla, it's like, dude, stop, Ubisoft. Stop it. I'm begging you. Scale it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that, and then the other one is Ubisoft. This is a sketchy company, to say the least, right now, that has had some problems. <laughs> yes, that's true. That is true, um, and a good and, element. And yeah. that... To bring up. I mean. Yeah, and, you know, I'm a lot less likely to give a company the benefit of the doubt if they're being sketch and right. gross. Right. So. It's it's funny because I feel like that is um, that is absolutely happening in the same way with Blizzard mm-hmm. uh, and Diablo 2 Resurrected, where, you know, a lot of people, myself included, love Diablo 2, and I think they did a really great job with Resurrected, but even I feel weird bringing it up mm-hmm. because of the cloud that mm-hmm. is hanging over it, and it's not... You know, it's it's hard, I think, to entirely detach yourself from it. Uh, it's something that hangs over it, and I do think the problems with Ubisoft are going forward. And it is a company that can seem remarkably tone deaf mm-hmm. as well. To add sympathy to this dismissiveness, like God damn it, they just announced a Ghost Recon Battle Royale, and I, who wanted this? This has to be the the, the most boring like announcement you possibly ever could have done. And and you know what? To challenge myself, maybe there is going to be something there. And the whole point of this conversation is to try to be open minded. Yeah. But I think I'm just trying to point out that they're not doing themselves any favors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is. It's a it's a tricky thing. And I think you have kind of opened me up in a way where all of it is starting to make more sense. But I think. Um, just with the way information is processed now, and it's it's not just something like Twitter, right, which is an easy example of point two. I, it's kind of everything. I think it's like we're, our brains are being rewired. Like we go yeah. on YouTube and it's like how many views something is getting and the yep. thumbs up and the thumbs down are right there. You go to Reddit and it's like is this, this is a super upvoted thing. And so like I think what I'm trying to say is that we, we're rewiring our brains to be overly simple yeah. where – it's like this can be numerically good or numerically bad. It's like yeah. black and white. Yeah, it's very black and white. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's Rotten Tomatoes really... is another good example where it's like this This yes. movie is a percentage. Yes. Right? With it a green slot. Me. Rotten or Tomatoes red... makes yeah. me Metacritic. sick to my stomach. Yes, and so this is the point that I'm trying to bring up where those things are trying to serve this function, but in the, the process of making that function happen, I feel like we're losing a lot of nuance. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes that function can be so powerful that there it doesn't even feel like there's space for people to listen to some of the points that you're trying to bring up. Some well, people don't want to listen. Yeah, nobody yeah. wants to listen. Yeah. Everyone has their own... It's really hard to change anyone's mind, like, let alone on Twitter. It's I hard to change of, someone's mind person. Like right? a review, like... um. Like your Far Cry review went out, right. and I was just curious what it got. Like I didn't care about reading the whole thing; I just wanted to see what you thought of it, yeah. the score. And I was like, "Oh, okay, that's what it is." But like, a lot of people do that with like a lot of stuff, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't want to take the time to read it. Yeah, and in a way, like, and it's like it's so it's okay you're allowed to do that, but right? It, it, it's so it's so weird because like, what's I, the number? In a way, that's kind of what the numbers are there for, mm-hmm. and so you can just get a feeling. Just at a to glance. sum it up quickly, and but... there could be a lot of reasons why somebody does that, where they're like, I just kind of want to know at a glance what you think, but I don't want to like mm-hmm. see any more of it. But I, I think you also have to take that extra step where like, you're acknowledging that maybe your picture of this thing is not complete, that you are willfully only looking at it at a glance. And mm-hmm. I think that self-awareness and that acknowledgement can mm-hmm. help you be more open-minded. 
Totally. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Things are very frustrating. Very frustrating. But yeah, well, you know, everyone's got to take sides on a lot of things a lot of times. It's just reminds me of like you know console yeah. war stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like the, hate, like, the okay. whole world is very tribal. I feel like right the now. hate yeah. though around the industry is just like always. It's always there. Like it's so toxic. When did this industry become so toxic? Like yeah. everyone's always just complaining. I mean, just when so when you hear more voices, yeah, you see it's that more. Just nonstop, and it's so childish. Like so many times, I'm just like, grow up. The trend of like there, there was this year the videos of like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Yeah. Where Rivet was like clipping through a random bush, and yeah. they're like, "This game's trash." Right. <laughs> Clip through a bush. It was right. like Ignoring unironic. the other ninety-nine point nine percent of the game. And yeah. then they were comparing another one that just went out with the Halo Infinite test. It was like Counter Strike. I think it was Counter Strike versus Halo Infinite. The fruit wasn't blowing up in Halo Infinite on the fruit stand. They're like, oh, Microsoft, oh, like, <laughs> you know, low budget. This game's it, a failure. I, that was that went viral, and I, it's like, what the? What I, the I have to try to be self-aware here because because I think this that type of childish behavior that you're talking about is so prevalent. I can absolutely fall victim to it too often, even. But then I go and I play something like Metroid Dread, and it's almost like. Yeah. How can we really be so mad? I like know, I know. It, it's it is it, I it's it's like we it's like we don't realize that these things can be gifts. Like it's amazing that some of these things exist even if they're not like absolutely perfect. Sometimes like it is it is truly and we keep coming back to this phrase like an embarrassment of riches like yeah there are bad games out there. There are bad practices that are happening. I get that. Those should be talked about. Play Those the should ones be you like. highlighted. <laughs> but I you cannot live where that is the totality of your existence. There's yeah. too much good happening to not recognize it. It's weird that every gamer has an opinion on every game. Yes. You know? every has Everyone has an opinion on every single game that comes out. Yeah. But with movies, like, people are more willing to just, like, let them fly by. Yeah. You know? I notice that a lot more. Movies fly by. I think movies Whereas are more accessible. Game, than every time yes. a big game yeah. comes out, it's like... I don't think it's as big of an investment. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, you know, you buy your movie ticket or whatever, you watch yeah. it, you're two hours, that's it. Yeah. You're not spending 30, 20 hours or whatever. Yeah. This is a... $70, $60. True. This you're is a, more vocal because you're more monetarily and... Sure, yeah. invested, I guess. Uh, this is a bigger problem that we don't have the scope uh, to get into, but I very recently heard somebody say this, and I was like, yeah, I completely agree. The problem is that consumption has become our identity. And that is where these problems come from. Gluttonous. Yes. I'm a fucking glutton. Yeah. I need to consume and finish yes. games. Yes. I'm a glutton. Right. But but when your entire world is shaped by what you consume, mm-hmm. it, it 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 affects it, it creates these types of volatile situations, I think. Yeah. I'm a jolly glutton. I try to be. You are a positive force in the world. <laughs> I believe that completely. But I need to I need to like tone it down though. What do you mean? Playing Evil Within last night at like 2 in the morning. It's like, what am I doing right now? You're just having fun. That's what you're doing. Something about just playing old games, man. There's no noise. There's nothing wrong with that. No discourse, no noise. It's just me and Beacon Mental Hospital. That's it. No one is here but me right now. Mm-hmm. Something special about that. Mm-hmm. Evil Within. Evil Within never got the credit it deserved. It never did. It Hopefully never did. 3 if 3 comes. 
I am worried that three won't happen. You saw that uh, the director of two, John Johannes, is working on a big project? No, I did not. That was a new headline. Says Mikami. Mikami has spoken. <laughs> He's working on a big project. <laughs> It's so funny. You were like the, like one of the only people I've ever met that can do this to me. Where like, you, I wish, like I could take the audience and put them in my head and, and have them see through my eyes right now. Your eyes are like glowing. Yeah. Like, like you just through that description made the evil within happen. Like it just blinked into existence. Like it, it feels more possible. It's Vanquish two, baby. Let's go. Vanquish two. That would be sick. Yeah. That'd be nuts. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, let's that get in. That game's tight, dude. Yeah. Let's get into some emails. That'd be so nuts. Wait, you're Ghostwire. Sebastian, though. Ghostwire. I feel like everyone's forgotten about Ghostwire, dude. Yeah, I know. I'm excited for it. It's coming. Me too. It's cooking. An embarrassment of riches. All right. Uh, I think it's going to be a niche title. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Uh, first email comes in from Jared. Hello, Ben and Allies. Greetings from Kansas City. With Metroid Dread launching on the day of this email and the early reviews being extremely positive, I wanted to write in about the return of Samus. As a massive Metroid fan, I'm thrilled this franchise is getting its well-deserved time in the sun again, and to Nintendo's credit, they have been really marketing this game hard. My question is, between this and Prime 4 and hopefully Prime Trilogy on the horizon, it upsets me so much that Prime Trilogy is not on Switch. Please just, I know, please. Well, please. That's, with, like, that's like me with like everything on yeah. Switch. Yeah. Why can't I why, get this? Why can't I get they this? They want to charge 60 a pop. Let me buy. Fine, <laughs> just put it out there. It's yeah. not. It doesn't exist, yeah. man. If I wanted to spend sixty dollars, they probably wanted Dread first. They didn't want to like mess with anything. Oh, of course. Yeah. I can't wait for the Prime trilogy to come out and for it to be available for like a month. Yes. Yeah. Some some fucking bullshit. For some reason. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, my question is between this and Prime Four and hopefully the Prime trilogy on the horizon, can Metroid elevate into that next tier and become a commercial success finally? Yes. I don't think it's realistic that it will ever reach the commercial heights of Mario or Zelda, but it seems Fire Emblem might be a good comparison for it. What are your hopes and dreams on the future of Metroid now that the long-anticipated Metroid Dread has finally arrived? I was just hoping it would sell better, and yeah. sell well, and it seems to be doing well right now. Hell yeah, Because I want more Metroid games. They're pretty rare. Guaranteed it's the best-selling Metroid. Yeah, so um, I, I've spent a lot of time in this episode being an old man and, and criticizing social media and the internet to highlight a positive aspect. Uh, it was like amazing logging onto Twitch during the weekend and seeing just absolutely massive streamers like Lyric and Soda Popping streaming Metroid Dread. And it's like, oh, and Max too. Maximilian was streaming it and he was fucking loving it. He was lighting up, you know, just these people that, that reach tens of thousands of people and it's like, this is something that I feel like Metroid kind of hasn't had before. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good call. And <laughs> That's hilarious. It's been a long time. Wow. Yeah. That's insane to think about. There are so many people that, that watch, you know, streamers religiously, and I have to imagine that if they're enjoying it, that does more for the game than we could ever do. I can, you know? yes, I can attest to that. Kristen, yeah. when she watches a streamer, she likes to play the game. Yeah. She'll want to try that game. Yeah, absolutely. No, to- yeah. that is just a fact and that that just, is happening like, it's, aggressively. It's marketing, yeah. and it works. Yeah, and so I I do think that that is great, and I love mm-hmm. um, when streamers, like, I don't think Soda had ever played a Metro game before, and he was playing, and it's like, I think this is really good, and this is really healthy, and I think, in general, Twitch kind of um, creates a space for audiences where there wouldn't otherwise be. Another example is mm-hmm. I really don't think for a second, I really don't, 
that New World would have the kind of success that it's having without streaming. Sure. I agree. Uh, yeah. I think it, it the streaming has become an, an mm-hmm. essential part of a game's visibility. Yeah, 100. definitely. 100. With Metroid, though, it's interesting because there hasn't been a console, like a Metroid you could play on a console since Prime 3, which was on the Wii, you know? Mm-hmm. It's been on handhelds for a long time. Like, right. people don't stream handhelds as right. much. exactly. So exactly. now that you can just like, do it easily, Yes. more eyes on it. It's the right thing at the right time. Mm-hmm. And they already yeah. answered part of their question, where does Metroid go from here, Metroid Prime 4? Prime yeah, 4. Prime 4, but after that. Yeah, it's really interesting because, like, no matter Dread what, two. there is a monstrous amount of, of, of pressure on Prime 4, mm-hmm. but Dread has only cranked that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just made me feel better. It's like a nice cushion, you know? Yeah. I, like, I can't imagine, honestly, I can't imagine Prime 4 being bad because of Retro. Yeah. And they made three great Metro games and those Donkey Kong games that I love, so right, I'm really right. excited for what they'll do. Right. But just having Dread yes. is great. Just it having is, that, it's like yes. That was like me when miraculous. I got uh, Revelations. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Well, Revelations was interesting. Revelations one, one and then was especially okay. two. And then two I was like it, yes. It came at a kind of dire time. Yeah. Yes, it did. And kind yeah. of well, I think less special in a way than seven and eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sort of restored faith. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Make no mistake, though, Metroid absolutely deserves a similar yes, level of success to a to a Mario and Zelda, and deserves all the. I just think that that type of game is not as broad. Absolutely. So, no. and the way that they designed it, I, I yes. think it will have less of an appeal. Yes, than it will. Some others. <laughs> Our next email comes in from Michael, who wants to know about release date stress. Something oh, okay. that I I really relate to this email. Hi, Ben and Co. It used to be that a release date was like a birthday. Now it feels like the starting horn for a race to finish a game before the conversation <laughs> ends or a YouTuber has a True. giant spoiler in their thumbnail. Yes. I think this mindset is a habit worth breaking. While spoilers suck, they have never broken a game for me. And while it's exciting to be part of the conversation, the availability of podcast VODs and other sources means you're never truly missing anything. I feel like this problem must be exacerbated for you in the game's media biz. I recall Huber frequently praising the virtues of playing games after the hype. Yes. What do you think? I think there's, like, some pressure for us, maybe. Yeah. You know, if we yeah. have to, like, if we have some, like, spoiler mode or something covered, you know, you want to yeah. get through it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we're, we're kind of coming at a different place where... Yes, we, we very much are. At a certain point, we don't have a choice. Like, if, like, we are... The, onus, the interest is at a game at release, and so the onus is on us to play a game at release. Mm-hmm. And we get yelled at all the time for not doing things quicker, which is yeah. kind of fucking annoying when it we're trying very annoying. hard. Um, we're, but word butter spread over too much bread. Yeah, not enough <laughs> butter, too big a bread. Yeah, yes. totally. Um, to give credit to this email, though, I do think there are times where that is really healthy. So, like, mm-hmm. like Tales of Arise and Lost Judgment are just these little chestnuts that I can just kind of squirrel away. Nice. Yeah, I haven't even played you know, those. I can, I can wait until my Christmas break comes and Christ- just kind of di- yeah. dig into them without yeah. you we'll know, having to worry thing. about, yeah. about the, uh, the, yes. the hype. And so I think it's just healthy to kind of treat yourself that way when you can. Yep. Yeah. Because if you are too much of a slave to the cycle, yeah. it's really hard to enjoy anything on its own terms. Yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree. It's why I play so many old games. Because it's just me and the game. I've used this example before, uh, but to really illustrate this point is Undertale. Hmm. Uh, people forget, but the kind of conversation that was happening when Undertale oh, came I out remember. was un. 
unbearable. People were like greatest game of all time. People were like so into that game that they were like attacking anybody who said anything, even the softest bit critical. It was like it was like this fervor and mm-hmm. this. It was just too much, and I was like, I want to avoid this. Yeah, and I feel like I stealth bide it. Yeah, like waited for the heat to cool off a little bit, played it on its own, and had a great time. Yeah. I think it is a fantastic game. But calm the fuck down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It made it way more enjoyable for me to yeah. enjoy it just on my own. And I was like, I'm not going to stream this. I'm not going to talk about this. I don't want any of that. You guys are ruining this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't think people realize I, that sometimes they're turning people away from the things that they love. Like, yeah. you just got to just ease up just you a bit. You could be too annoying sometimes. Yeah. You got to ease up. Ease down. Ease down. You blow the trains out. Like, I get being excited and everything like that, but. Yeah. You got to go about it the right way. Mm-hmm. And again, I, you know, I recognize times where I've been way. Yeah, we've been super. You know, like we're all we're all here. We're all guilty of it. But yeah, of course. Trying to be self-aware. <laughs> I'm sure we said stuff like, if <laughs> you don't play within. this, you're trash. If you don't play like Evil Within, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, I think sure, less sure, of you. I'm sure some shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you don't oh, play so Evil funny. Within, I'm disappointed in you as a human being. Truthfully, I said that ironically. He's down. Stand down, <laughs> unless you say you get scared easily, then it's fine. That's he's, the only he's, excuse. East out, yeah, east out. <laughs> Our last email comes in from Joseph. Uh, dear Ben, I really like this email because I feel similarly. Oda. Uh, dear Ben and Allies, is Quick Resume quietly the best next generation feature? While Ooh. everyone loves the DualSense controller and Game Pass is amazing, I find that Quick Resume is actively keeping me on Xbox. The ability to juggle multiple games in combination with Game Pass has made gaming a joy. Every time I turn on my PS5, I'm annoyed I have to see load screens again. What's your take on Quick Resume being objectively the best thing? <laughs> uh, PS, follow up from my last question. What gamer share did you buy um, after hearing... The answer to my question about comfort with gaming. Now you've got me looking into a new chair. So PC oh. Gamer did a list. They did like the best gaming chairs, and mm-hmm. they really. I followed the same advice that they gave for best gaming monitors, and I was really happy with the monitor that they recommended. And I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think it's like a Secret Lab Omega chair, and I've been very happy with. So oh, okay. it's expensive, but it's worth it's worth it. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I want to criticize both sides here. To show that I'm not a fanboy, mm-hmm. quick resume. It's whatever. I disagree. Usually, when I turn a game on, I as it's turning on, I go to the restroom and yeah, get my blanket and my chairs, mm. and get all my setup, so I don't ever just like need to play immediately right now. Yeah, you know, there's always like a couple minutes of me warming up to mm-hmm. it, so I like that process. Um. So it's fine. Uh, as for the DualSense, kind of overrated. I agree. I think the DualSense is really overrated, actually. I think it's a good and controller. it's been used but yeah. well, like, two times so far with Astrobot and yeah. Ghost of Tsushima. It Over- used well in Returnal. And Returnal, sure, sure, sure. It is a controller a that, I, that I really, really, really like, but... Yeah. I, I don't think it's used as well as it could be. Yeah, I think it's a little often. overhyped yeah. as of right mm. now. I just think it's a little overhyped. So to get back to the quick resume thing, I want to counter, but I want to counter in a way that I think we can both kind of agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I, I don't think quick resume falls into hyperbole as like the greatest thing ever or yeah. like essential or anything like that. I don't 
feel that strongly Especially about it. Especially because load times are so fast now. Well, like, what? I want. So this is my point. So Quicker Zoom is a feature that I really didn't bat an eye at. I was just kind of like, whatever, when they announced it. Yeah. But I have played enough games where, god damn it, there are a lot of logos just to get to the start button. It's like... Evil Within. Like, it's just like you're going through and sometimes you just need to go back out to Grab something some else. Almonds, man. Yeah. Go to the restroom. No, no, I get it. I get it. Pull the drapes. I get it, dude. I get it. I'm not trying to say it's the best thing ever, but there have been times where I'm like, oh, that's in quick resume. And it's just like, oh, I'm just right just right there. That again. is nice. And it's just been a little convenient. I will that's all I'm say, trying to say is I've liked it. I will say I have yet to do it, but I want to do it and I plan on doing it is Raccoon City Night. Playing Resident Evil 2, quick yeah. resuming into Resident Evil 3, or Resident Evil 3, quick resuming into Resident Evil 2, and then back to 3. Yeah. It, Playing that in mm. chronological order, I think Leon the, and Claire into Jill. The way to phrase it is, even with new hard drives and faster speeds, it has made cutting out the bullshit just even a little bit smoother. What annoys me about quick resume is that it, it feels like it's very scattershot supported. There are a lot of times where it's like, it either is not supported at all, or the game says it supports it, but then when I do it, it the game just freaks out suddenly. Yeah. Mm, I feel like yeah. Ubisoft in particular is guilty of this. Yeah. Um, and so it is not as universal as I would like, but when it is there, there have been times where it's been cool. useful nice. for me. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't really used it too much, sure. but I get why someone would like it. Yeah. And I like it in relation to just all of the quality of life improvements we've had this generation. Yeah. Just load yeah. times mm-hmm. and... Just, just everything. I feel yeah. like yeah. everything is so snappy, snappy. snappy. Yeah. So just like add it to the list of modern gaming conveniences. Yes. I was when I was playing Metroid. I was doing like going to a loading screen. You know, going from yeah. one area to the other. I was like, oh, this is kind of long. I feel that way. That's actually <laughs> that actually might be my biggest. I I totally forgot about it when we were talking about it. But probably my biggest complaint of of Metroid Dread is. You do have to go between areas a lot, and you absolutely have that moment where you're like. It's going a little long. Yeah. And it's, it's like, long. realistically, it's it not privileged. that bad. It, yes. Yeah. But it's just funny. Like, I just thought of that. Yeah. No, do I s- definitely had that feeling. Do switches sell at a loss or no? I don't think so. That's probably, I don't think okay. so. Because yeah, I, I know so. the big boys sell at a loss. I don't yeah. think Nintendo sells at a loss. Okay, yeah. man. When you have know. hardware that was outdated when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you wonder. What was that comment you wrote in Slack? You're like, it sure be cool to boot up a Switch game that is like 10 years old. Yeah, already. <laughs> and it's funny because after I said that, I do think Dread looks really yeah, good. Yeah, Dread looks good. But just this but, year in particular, it's just like I've had that feeling with Switch over and over yeah. and over again where it's like, man, this feels like yeah. a bad 360 port. Dude, like I'm imagining Far Cry 6 running on Switch and it just you doesn't can't. seem you possible. Can't. You can't. It does just, not seem possible. And it's... It's so incredibly annoying because I cannot tell you how much I love the Switch. I do. I mm-hmm. love all of the consoles. And I I love Nintendo games. I love them. I wouldn't trade them for anything. I spend so much fucking money on Nintendo. It's just I feel like sometimes Nintendo is just dragging their feet in a way that is not respectful for the amount of money that I throw at them. Exactly. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. They make a lot. They make a lot. They are, make a lot. They are kings. Yeah, they are. They have a lot to throw fine. around. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, people... The only thing in Switch Defense it is a handheld, I guess. So. Yes, and that aspect of it yeah. is great. Yeah. That aspect of it is uniformly awesome. But it's just bad for someone like me who rarely plays in handheld mode. Yeah, with the OLED Same. now, I have a stronger incentive to do it. I just don't like do holding it. the Joy-Cons. I get like, it. But, but I, I spent $350. Hey, I'm it. sure it looks great. <laughs> yeah, it does. I almost it does. did it too, but then I said no. Yeah. 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 I'm just saving for a I am OLED part of the TV. problem I complain about. There you go. That's it. Got him. Like, I'm saving for an OLED TV, dude. Sure. 350 bucks. Did you just get a new TV? Not that long? No, no. Okay. Like, okay. four years old now at least. Okay. okay. Going on five? Yeah. Just curious is all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oldie. I bought a new PC instead. Fuck. I saved the money for a PC. That's where I went to. Listen. Save up. I hate to be one of these people, but if you can afford it, which is hard it, to do. It, very hard. Admittedly. Yeah, I'm not I buying a TV it. for like three more years. Uh... PC still where it's at. PC, bro. like when you're on top with PC, it's the best. It is the best. But it is the it's best. such a steep entry point. Yes, it is. It is. It's totally. so steep. Yep. It is. It is the best at a great cost. Yes. Yeah. Oh, this was an excellent episode of Frame Trap. I think. Yeah, it was fun. I hope so. Hope you guys had a good time. I had a good time. I That's feel bad I about our too. Dude. I know. It's, it's all right. Next time. Next right. time. It's all right. It's all right. Next all right. time. I, I want to play it. Next time. <laughs> Next time. Let me call off that shit. Uh, yeah. If you would like to write in an email into FrameTrap, thank you to everybody that wrote in. Uh, good batch of questions. Email address is askeasyallies at gmail.com. One more time, that is askeasyallies at gmail.com. Thank you so much to my panelists. As always, the boys, Brad and Huber, for such spirited discussion. Until next time.